What's up, Internet World? Hi, Willie. It's Sir. nice to see you here. He's popping in with a fresh coffee. And that's partly why Willie's up all night, all the time, because he drinks coffee at 7 p.m. as an old man. That's a bold move, is all I'm saying. Welcome, everyone, to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and joining me is Spade, dude from Toronto is ill. I, I spoiled that. Well, we'll still do it right. Um, but yeah, this is the show where we talk to like super interesting people such as yourself. And we go through the story of your life and we try to extract knowledge nuggets from your experience. Now, I'll give you a caveat. I was out late two days in a row for the first time since COVID. And I am wrecked like oh, a motherfucker today. So we're going to run it. It might be a little sillier than normal is all I'm trying to say. Hey, let's, get, let's do it, man. With that, um, can you just take a quick second to just introduce yourself right quick for the people to see who you are? Don't go into too much detail. But the most important part is if you could let us also know where you start your life. Because that's really important for the real opening question. In terms of uh, like where, I, where I'm Born. From. Like where you were at. Like when you're like early life. Okay. Like two years okay, old-ish. Okay. You know? Like the early Spade. All right. Okay. So, yeah. You know, my name is Spade. As you already know, some people call me the shadow man. And um, I was born in uh, Etobicoke, Rexdale. But I grew up in my young life in a place called Woodbridge. What? Where? Which, I don't even know any of the places you just named. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Like, basically, if you know Toronto, mm. Rexdale is like the west, west side of Toronto, you know, outside of the city starts getting a little, you know, I wouldn't say suburbanish, but more housing, mm. you know, more apartment buildings, you know, less of the urban city, you know, and um, where I grew up actually is a suburb. Okay. It was a new suburb actually when I, when I grew up there. And um, I've been, I've been here ever since, but I've been around the whole, the whole city. So main takeaway Toronto. We talking Toronto line. The big Toronto. Old... People where I'm from, people call it the G, the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. So yeah. they'll say I'm from the GTA. I found I'm out like Toronto is like actually yeah, just know? like a small part of what I cause I what I would call yeah. Toronto yeah. is the Greater Toronto Area. Yeah, yeah. Because I would include got... Mississauga yeah. and Scarborough and all okay, the, okay, I would okay, just call yeah, all of yeah, that yeah. Toronto. Cause why you could say that's where I'm from, but I'm probably not right. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to say it. That's my like Montreal ass over here. Be like, all of that's Toronto to me. When you look at the map and you zoom out, it's all one connected piece of city. All of that. It's just one giant sprawling, like un like there's no breaks. It's just like Toronto just turns into, turns into, and it's like, it's huge compared to like Montreal and like size. Yeah, it sprawls like from west to east and then it goes up, it gets kind of more suburban and you know what I mean? So, but um, yeah, man, like Mississauga, you know, that's its own city. You got Brampton, you got Rexdale, Jane and Finch, North York, you know what I mean? There's like all these different uh, little places that are kind of hovering around the mm. city and the city is right, you know, by the lake over there, Lake Ontario, right, obviously. And then I guess, you know, they built up. So I'm in one of these little uh, suburbs that used to be like back in the day, it was like a cottage country. And that's where my parents bought their first house. And when I was a baby, they used to live in Rexdale. And then they moved to Woodbridge. I was born in Rexdale, but raised 
Fantastic. Woodbridge, you know what I mean? That's Man. perfect because that's really where we need to be for my opening question. Plus, I do appreciate a good Ontario geography lesson because trust, we was not learning <laughs> that shit in Montreal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, straight. Yo, ask me about Quebec City or uh, Montreal. Bro, ask me about know. Quebec City, and I'm like, I don't fucking know. But I can tell you about Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the opening question, the proper one, is a bit more of a, a story. And when it lands, you can kind of take it whatever direction you want. And it all starts off with my girlfriend, and she's washing the dishes one time, and she's got her phone out, and she's playing that Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling. She vibing, she dancing, she doing her thing, and I look at her, and I'm like, right. when in the fuck did this song become chores music, right? Because if you really like think about this track, run that back about ten years, it's middle of the night celebration party music. You're jumping around super drunk in circles. It's a big old vibe. Everybody's happy. Run it ten years in the future. The song doesn't change at all because it's a song, and they don't really change at all. But we as people evolve so much in our life that now we put this on. We're like working out or doing some other boring crap, and we want to go back Boy. to those celebration times, which got me thinking about the cycles of life and the evolution of us as artists. Like these twenty-year-olds right now, be out there drilling, doing what they do, and they don't even know that that's their future dishes washing music, man. They don't even know it. They're just out there living and having fun right now. They don't know that when I heard Pop Smoke, bro, it was like I was wooing to washing dishes is what happens. It's the natural progression of life. And then if we think about like ourselves as artists and the interviews and the stories of artists. It's this really weird phenomenon that happens where apparently everybody's life starts at like 11 years old or something. Because that's when they first discovered hip hop and that's when they first started writing and that's when they first all these things. And it's always at this like adolescent point and you're like, hold up. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of life that happened before that. And I say that because like chances are when you popped out of the hospital as a little baby, there was some sounds being played up in the room and a little baby spade was like absorbing that energy off time. You might not remember it but it was probably happening and i say that because i can remember being like five years old up in the apartment in montreal and in the daytime you know sorry my dad's got these gray boxes all over it like the amp and the preamp and the tape deck and the radio with the yeah. wires going around with the ghetto surround yeah. sound with the speakers everywhere and he'd be busting his led zeppelin tapes and things like that in the daytime but at the nighttime it was the mc mario club mix and all the techno shit straight from the clubs of montreal Boy. My mom's though, it's more like discos and musicals and love songs and Disney and this whole other vibe. And my whole life growing up was this like hodgepodge of these different sounds and the pop music and all this shit. All before I had any real control over what I was listening to in that next part where to start. So I think that's really where a lot of the story starts for everybody. So I was hoping, yeah. Mr. Spay, you could run us back to the youngest Spay you could remember being and tell us what it sounded like to be you in Toronto before you had any control over what it sounded like for you. All right. So that's, um, that's a very, very interesting story. Cause I, I, I can remember stuff long time ago, back to when I was like, maybe like three years old, mm. you know? And um, maybe I, I, I really do attribute it to my pops because he, he never censored anything around me. And he what he's a big fan of film right and um growing up my, the sounds in my life at first when i was really young were terminator 2 and terminator 1 and star wars so john williams and um oh man i forget the dude's name 
forgive me who composed the Terminator theme, but the Terminator theme song, like that was stuck in my head. That movie was drilled into me when I was three years old. I think three or four years old, you know, like I used to have, this is back in the day when like they sold guns as toys, you know? So I used to have a Buffalo Bill. Fucking it, right? You're right. They you know, did. When I, yeah. When I was three years old, I had the shotgun and a pair of sunglasses and I used to ride on my tricycle, pretend like I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger, like I'm the Terminator, you know what I mean? And that was like the soundscape. And then Star Wars totally changed my life and Darth Vader and the trumpets and, you know, like, so very symphonic but at the same time i'm i come from a west indian background my dad is guyanese and my mom is trinidadian Mm. indian of indian descent so the indian slaves who came to the north and you know what i mean so there's a lot of i I mean i can i can follow that because i mean it makes sense that there would be indian slaves that got mixed into the situation too but honestly I don't think anybody's ever told me about the Indian slaves in no. Trinidad and the North before. Like that has not come up in the history of my life. It's a very, yeah, that's a very underground history of the world. Not many people, when people um, actually growing up in the place I, I did, people didn't really know what my race was. To be honest, as a young child that didn't have a grasp of race or who I am, I didn't even know what my race was. Um, there's, you know, for lack of a better term, a lot of white people around here, but there was also a lot of brown people and black people as well. And my race is kind of like an intersection of African and Indian in the Caribbean. So I didn't know if I was black, if I was brown, like I didn't really know what I was. Right. And on top of that, my religion is Hindu. So then growing up and seeing like Apu on the Simpsons, I was very self-conscious as well. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? What am I? You know, I had to really discover that growing up because I didn't know. And my parents didn't so really like, have the mind to tell me about race. It wasn't a big fucking, you know? So you're saying like, and this is because it's never come up since it happened. Like the Apu thing really hit you bad? Like not Apu in himself, to be honest. I was always like, yeah, Apu. But then I, I, when I went to school and shit and people would make fun of like, oh, you know, dot on the head, blah, 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 all the six arms. I, I was kind of like, wait a minute. You know, as a young kid, you're like, that's my religion. You know, it's my religion. And it got me thinking, you know, is my religion dumb or people, is that why they're making fun? You know, you're a little kid. You don't know how to process that. Right. Um, but I learned a lot about myself and my religion from Apu. I, I, I will, you know what I mean? Just as a kid, it's easy to be, to have things explained through a cartoon, mm. through comedy. And, you know, The Simpsons, even though it is an adult show, it tackles a lot of serious issues, especially in the beginning seasons through comedy in ways that I understood as a young kid. I used to watch The Simpsons with my family. Every Sunday night, we would gather. It's like a family thing. King of the Hill, Simpsons, da da da. That was oh, at that time in the nineties. That 90s. was a good era, though. The, yeah, yeah. That was the lineup every Sunday. That was like as a family, we'd sit and watch that, you know. So uh, yeah, that that's. But as far as music, on top of the movies, there I had there was Indian music, there was reggae music, both dancehall and roots reggae, and then there was like a fusion of that like soca chutney music i don't know if you ever heard that stuff i could picture it more than because like i know what soca is and i know what all the other stuff yeah. is so i could kind of just picture them put together but that's like wildly interesting and um was it like mm-hmm. um was music a big part of your life growing up like when you were super yeah. young huge huge uh any kind of music man i loved like i loved rock music when i was a kid my dad loved rock music as well. 
Um, hip hop, I didn't really get introduced to until I was maybe like nine, like when Space Jam came right. out, kind of, <laughs> you know, pretty You're much. Because I had the, the Space person, Jam CD, which was basically right? like yeah. the it, that is the cleanest hip hop album. Honestly, that's One, fire. Yeah, and it's fire. And you got Busta Rhymes and Method Man on there and shit, and it's clean. But it's fire. Yeah. It's really dope. And it's dope. Yeah. 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 But like, uh, before your nine and hip hop comes in, like, okay, so like, how are you all like getting music? Are you able to access it yourself or is it more like your dad plays it and you vibe with him type thing? Yeah. It's like around me. So at home, it's more movies. Right. But when we went to, we went to a lot of parties, like a lot of family get-togethers, mm. weddings, birthdays, and they were playing soca music, chutney music, reggae music, hip-hop music, um, disco music, Stevie Wonder, like music from the 70s, you know, like all, it was a whole humdrum of everything, you know what I mean? It, like there wasn't a lot of like rock music or pop music, it was more like african black music and indian indo-caribbean music right if that makes any sense you know so real west indian stuff <laughs> all right so basically you're getting exposed to music via like you know whatever's at home via movies which is super mm -hmm. impactful evidently you've mentioned three movies that hit you proper with music so far so super impactful um and then the fact that your culture just had you banging around to parties left right and center that had a lot of mu music playing so collectively that's yeah. how so you're not like necessarily seeking out music so much as it's just a constant present in, in, in yeah. your life and then you get to yeah at this point uh do you want to be any kind of like a singer or dancer type are you like mm -hmm. like already like practicing that kind of stuff yeah, I would. Um, I really wanted to play guitar, but like as a young kid, like a really young kid, you just pick up a guitar and da -da -da, <laughs> say some shit, you know. So that's what I. Would, hey, look at me! I'm jumping around. You know what I mean? I love the song "Bad to the Bone" and um, you know, "Born to Be Wild." That was my favorite song as a kid. So I, I'm singing "Born to Be Wild" all the time. I don't know what the fuck, but you know, I read that. That's what I like. Yo, it was in that movie. Um, it was in a whole bunch of movies uh, for a while. With Bad me. to the Bone was in Terminator. Born to be Wild, I don't know if it was in Terminator. But, um, I don't know if it was in Terminator, but when we were young, there was like probably in some five or six movies that were like huge that used like Born to be Wild as like it. Oh yeah, was like yeah, Gorilla. Yeah, yeah. One of them had monkeys and shit. Like it was just all <laughs> over. It was like there's all kind of crazy shit going on in that. But that time. song was like the classic like we're going on a fucking road trip now part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, so you would be, but you guys had a guitar. Uh, I yeah, my pops had a guitar. He didn't really know how to play. I honestly don't know where that guitar came from or why it was there, but we had a guitar. Um, but, and uh, like like I said, like my dad did some acting actually in the seventies. He was uh, doing some television acting and stuff. And um, like I said, a lot of movies from the get go, I wanted to do something with entertainment. I wanted to either make music or uh, direct or film or act or I just wanted to do it all. You know what I mean? 
So yeah, you're a young one and you're caught up in the movie world and you want to be everything yeah. at once. And so you're just yeah. highly ambitious with it. Yo, hold on. Shout out We Speak English Girl with a raid. That's when the people from the next stream come and invade your stream. So oh, shit. nine people just joined us and spiked our little viewer count up to an over 10 number. So shout out hey. Ziggy and Korea and Mighty Mighty and Moving Dutchman and Reina Mystique. And Mike of We Speak English. Yo, Mike, you got to hit up Spade and get him on your show is all I'm saying. Because he does them interviews too. He's a super interesting guy. We're like 15 minutes in. We learn culture on shit. It's been dope. Um, And so, yeah. uh, So the movies and shit. uh, Do you actually get to doing stuff like writing little scripts or anything like that? Acting and all of that? Yeah. Um, That didn't come later in life until like high school times mm. was when I actually put it into practical use in school. Um, and uh, like before that though, like I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Like when I was younger, really young, kind of like, yeah, I want to make movies, you know, when I'm like a little kid, five, six, seven years old. But when you go to school and you learn a little bit and you're like, okay, well, I got to be like a, you know, I don't know, a fireman or a the police or, you know, a computer guy or, you know, whatever, just a job, right? I didn't really think it was feasible for somebody like, but also you got to understand this is like 1990s and early 2000s. So Facts. not even everybody had a computer yet, right? Not even everybody True. had like a camcorder yet. I was lucky my pops had a little camcorder. Bro, you guys that had I a like, camcorder? That's ill. Yeah, yeah. He was, like I said, he was big into the shit, right? So, but I would like, I had all my all my little toys and shit. And I would like, you know, just set up a scene and, you know, mess around with it. Like I never really made anything serious as a young kid like that. But I always just tried to do things because growing up, I had the special edition version of Star Wars. And at the beginning of every one of those films, there's a little making of featurette with George Lucas and it shows like a little thing. And I was like, yo, that's actually pretty cool. It shows him with the miniatures and filming the shit. And I was like, oh damn, yo, this, that's how they did it. And I, it didn't click in my mind when I was little, but I'm like, yo, somebody made that. You know what I mean? Like on screen, you just think, oh, it's just there. But when Bro, you, may now, when I'm made, late, you, like, know? you may have just made the best defense for the special edition of Star Wars I've ever heard in history. <laughs> Because that's like an ill reason for it existing, right? Like, if it can inspire yeah, young yeah. people to want to get into filmmaking, fuck what they think people think about the cut. That's ill. Yeah, like, here's the thing when it comes to film, right? There's an objective film standpoint, and then there's, like, a creative standpoint. Do you like the story? Do you like what happened? That's, like, objective. You know what I mean? But, like, from a filming standpoint, like, what he did pushed the bound. It created digital cinema. So you can't say that that's bad because he created a whole new medium for people, right? So objectively, it's a masterpiece, but content-wise and creativity-wise, that's objective to anybody. Art always is, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a wild, like, I feel like objectivity is based on our understanding of facts. So it's like... Yeah, your relation to the work of art. So like... We could have conflicting objective realities in the same space. I mean, it's a bit of a mental gymnastics to get there, but look at the right and the left and the dynamics of U.S. politics. It's a perfect example of objective realities being completely in contradiction. So, But I do believe that when it comes to like the technique side of things, there just really is ways to evaluate if things are done sloppily or not, but it's super hard to measure any of it. 
thing is when I went to university, because I went to university for film, right? Mm. For film theory, which is critical analysis of film. And a lot of my courses also had to do with critical analysis of all different kinds of art, different mediums of art, and also exploring art in a digital space. This was pre-Instagram, Twitter. It was Twitter and YouTube time. So a lot of very, like this was after Soldier Boy, right? But before Instagram. So like a little <laughs> pocket there, you know what like I mean? Virality it was, was it now was, a yeah. thing. <laughs> that was like, that was what I was studying in school. And um, because like a, a whole thing was because of this surge of everybody's opinion now is going to be able to permeate the space, right? Where before it was only critics and artists. Now we have to hold to our objectivity because since things are subjective, there's 6 billion people on earth. There's 6 billion different opinions about one subject. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then I got an album reviews and I realized that I don't know how much I believe. Oh, you know what it was really? It was the contests. And yeah. trying to judge a contest proved to me that there's how do you actually create a scorecard that five people will agree on the yeah. definitions of your metrics. So yeah. is a bar dope is an example of that. I can give you a science know, thesis yeah. on why objectively a bar is not dope. And then you can do the same thing and tell me it's dope. And then it's like, is there really objectivity in art is my is a real question I have. Because I don't really believe there is. It's just what is commonly accepted as objectively good based on society and now. Yeah, there's definitely a level, I think. Um, it's like like a film is different than a rap because a rap, you can hit all the marks on a rap and it can be like, okay, that was okay. Like there, there's a little something else to it that makes you go oh you know what i'll take that back with anything you know you could hit all the marks on it on an objective standpoint yeah and to be honest what they taught us or how they taught us to rate it with films was if something meets all the levels objectively that's probably a five out of ten because it it's met it halfway oh, now the rest of it i is like that it. i like that you, you a lot yeah because yeah. a lot so, of shit hits yeah. the numbers but then so how okay just because I don't know anybody's gone to school for this. I didn't even know you could go to school for this. So I'm sitting here going, fuck, there's yeah. people that went to school for what I'm amateurly doing on the internet. That's a wild <laughs> thought. <laughs> but um, so how do you evaluate the next five? Like that's the part where I'm like, how do you yeah. all agree on that's exceptionally a 10 on 10? Okay, take Elder, yeah. Elder Rings right now. The whole world has decided this is a 10 on 10 game for some reason. And that yeah. that would arguably be objective because the whole world is agreeing. I promise yeah. you, I don't think it's a ten on ten game, and I haven't played it yet. Well, again, it depends. Now, um, do you like fantasy? Well, okay, it depends. Can you be objective? Because some people will be like, mm. I don't like fantasy. No, so I could be like, like hella game. objective, but you, you we're saying, saying ten on yeah. ten, greatest of all time. This is what people are saying. I'm like, I haven't played the game personally, but I, I've um, also <laughs> seen people criticizing the end game. So if people are yeah, able to criticize yeah. the end game, how is it a 10 on 10? Now, here's the thing. Cri like 10 on 10, right? It, That's perfect on every the, single front. Yeah. Give the it thing a is, is it, could, it could be flawed because nothing is perfect. So still you're going to have flaws, but mm. sometimes some flaws, like some of the pluses outdo the negatives. 
You see what I'm saying? Like it'll equal out. Like I was watching a movie the other day and there was really shitty CGI, like really bad CGI, borderline, like it ruined the movie. I know a lot of people would probably say, as soon as I saw that, the movie's ruined. But the rest of the movie was so good. And the CGI was only for maybe two minutes that I'm like, can I really, like, I can't, the rating scale that I have that I, in my mind, I'm like, I can't really take away points. So even sometimes when I rate something from an objective standpoint, I'm surprised at the rating I give it. And I'm Mm. like, wow, that was worse than I thought it was. Or I'm like, wow, that's, it's actually better than I thought it was. Maybe I should, you know, but then after a certain point, after the five, that's where the personal feelings come into play a little bit. That's Um, what I'm saying. Cause like, cause like, I mean, I'll tell you like another part of my experience with this. And this is just again, like we'll go back to like music, but shit, this is so cool. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. But like, if I were to give an album review grade in 2017 with all of my objectivist skills, it's based on my knowledge set of what's good and bad. Right. So as like, you know, shout out governor Burroughs who says, what's up spade. Um, Oh, what's good. What's good. Salute. Salute. And um, as time goes on, my knowledge of nuance changed. So all of a sudden, I'll give you an example. My ability to give Eminem fives across the board has diminished greatly over the years because yeah. my knowledge of a lot of shit, like I think of Issey Leone's A Book of Human Language or whatever it's called, and that shit's one of the most diversely weird-ass art piece mm-hmm. albums of creativity you're ever going to hear. And after you yeah. hear that, other shit's like less creative. So now it's like yes. the... The, yes. the amount of data points I've collected has ed- enhanced my quote-unquote objectivity because now to even impress me, it's harder. Like you can't impress yeah. me with good. So I guess that's why I'm like it has to be mostly subjective even in our efforts to be objective. And this is just well, like yeah. linguistics mm-hmm. maybe, uh, but like mm-hmm. unless there's like if you study all this shit, you are now qualified to be a critic. <laughs> Uh, I mean, anybody, here's the thing. Anybody can be a critic, but when you listen to somebody's opinion, sometimes you want to check their credentials. Does this guy know what he's talking about? Right. If someone's going to critique you on how you're working out, let's say facts, is, Interesting. is he a bodybuilder? Like how in shape are you? Are you a bodybuilder? Do you exercise? Who are you to tell me? Right. So like, if I'm going to tell you about film and, you know, I'm pretty arrogant in my opinions about that. Right. Um, who am I to tell you about film? Well, I studied it for four years in school at a university level. I've made films. My dad is an actor. I have an extensive background. So, okay, maybe I know what I'm talking about rather than just a guy who, Oh, I like this movie. Or I didn't like this movie, but at the same token, you got to respect both of those opinions the same way because one is here's a guy that's involved in the making of and knows a lot of the mechanics of it and here's a person that's just taking it on face level so those are you got to distinguish between those two Uh when you're judging something right and i think that's very important because you can't say that oh you like this well then you're dumb or like you don't understand this you know you have to wait for the person to make those connections. It does come with a certain level of maturity, I think as well, but it also comes with a level of how people are with themselves and how they search for things and how they relate with content. Because sometimes people aren't really too critical of it. They're just looking to be entertained, right? And that's fair. It's not It's not bad, it's not but even, it doesn't mean that we or, should lower our expectations. It's also like a, an education thing. 
like i'll be honest it wasn't until i started um watching video essays of guys critiquing movies that i even knew what was i didn't know what was good or bad like fucked if i cared it's like i could watch 17 shots in a row and y'all will have discussions about good and bad and i'm just left with which ones caught my eye and that's often not always the good ones right or like the nuance of a you know the first time i watched the godfather i was like this shit's trash to be honest with you because it's kind of trash unless you really care about it and i don't mean that it's not one of the yeah, greatest yeah. movies ever made because as an adult with nuance and understanding of cinematography and blah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm like, it's a goat. But like the first time I watched it, I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like I'm not even like when Yeah, exactly. Like when I watched it for the first time, I, I, I had to seek it out because I wanted to watch it. Uh, but I wasn't watching it to be entertained. I was watching it as, oh, everybody says this movie's sick. Let me sit down and be patient and see what's so dope about it and analyze mm. this and be like, oh, shit. You know, but if you're just sitting down, you're like, I want to watch a mobster movie. I want to see some gunshots and action. That's not the movie, right? Nah. This is a movie where you got to sit down. It takes time. You got to pay attention. It's like, do you want to eat a hamburger in your car or do you want to sit down and eat a steak and a baked potato at a table and have your wine and stuff? It's, it depends, right? That's so, a cool way to know? put it, especially cause yeah. you got nine hours of Godfather when you really run it and you shut up, <laughs> shut out Brown magician XP. Who's also Yo, salute. Yeah, that's yes, cool. Sir. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really appreciate the way you look at movies and stuff, and that's an interesting way to put it. Credentials matter. I still think it's subjective, but mm-hmm. at least we can be objective Definitely, about whose yeah. opinion should maybe be taken more seriously. Like, I disagree with Anthony Fantano all the time, but, like, that guy knows way more than me. So how the fuck could I, like, really check him, you know? Like, he just, he's in it. Yeah. So, like... Yeah. <clears throat> It's like if I were to speak to a builder about a house, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. This guy built the house, not me. I I'm not a builder, right? I can't tell you, yo, build it this way. But you if can I'm say hire you somebody, like that you know shit better. But exactly, exactly. But I could say, oh, I like this and I don't like this. It doesn't make my opinion, like, doesn't cancel out my opinion just because I don't know what I'm talking about. It's still valid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think. And it's the same thing with a work of art. And I think that's like, again, it's like the expertise factor is super interesting. Like the biggest problem with social media is nobody know how to recognize an expert when they be speaking. Yeah, exactly. You kind of just take people, if they sound like they know what they're talking about, then they know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Yeah, it's just the charismatic, well-spoken people. Your grammar is mad important on social media, way more important than in regular life. Like you don't even need that good grammar at work as you need when you're arguing with motherfuckers on a Facebook comment. (laughs) Yeah, word up. Word up, man. So you like kind of discover hip-hop then with the Space Jam. That's like you're kind of, you know, nine, ten-ish at that point. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't attribute it wholly to Space Jam. Like that was like a part of it, but okay. it was mostly my my older cousins. And then that led me to buying the Space Jam CD. You know what I mean? Like kind of like try to figure out what they were listening to. Because my older cousins were always listening to like some crazy, like I didn't know what it was. Right. But because like and it was Wu-Tang Clan, that's what they were listening to. But because it had like movie clips in it and shit, I was like, oh, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? Mm. And I tried to I tried to find it. Right. So I I was I was going searching and I what I ended up doing was 
learning hip hop like through the mainstream. And this is like when Outkast was big, Little John, 50 Cent was coming out, so Eminem good. was so in good. his prime-ish, you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, yo, these guys are sick. But then when I stumbled into the past now, because I reached like, you know, past all that shit, I got I now D, okay DMX was going on as well, so I got into I got into DMX's past. Bro, this, this is, is like this exit, is like my inception like, point at me. This is when I got into rap. <laughs> like like exit wounds. Like I saw that in the cinema. Like I seen a, a movie with Steven Seagal and Fuck. DMX where they're fighting Jet Li and shit. Like you know. I remember what? that <laughs> shit. Is that a cradle you know to the grave like, like, and all that shit was popping <laughs> up? Damn, yeah. that's high school, man. That just brought yeah, me back. That was a, it was a crazy time, and then um. After that, then I started discovering Wu Tang Clan, Tupac, Biggie Smalls. So when you uh, say discovered, how you know, did you discover them? So I had a cousin who was two years younger than me. Shout out to Killa, and his older brothers had all these rap albums, and he he would just come and we would just talk. Yo, did you hear this sound? He would be like, Yo, you you know about Too Short? And I'm like, No, I don't know Too Short. And I'll go on like Kazaa or Napster or some shit and like search Yo Too Short. And I'll download a whole bunch of Too Short songs, make a CD. You know what I mean? I don't know, like you know how legal what the legal remedy. You know? <laughs> Bro, we're in Canada. We're fine. <laughs> we're not. We're not in the states. We're not. Yeah, and yeah it's no, I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Twenty years past. Can you imagine though? Like <laughs> they're like, "Yo, this motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that's still on the books. <laughs> yo, yo, but yeah, you know that. That's how I got into it. I would like go on um on those sites and like you know. Oh my gosh! Listen. Don't da- go don't download the EXCs. Broke up the family PC. Oh, bummer ass. Nah, nah, nah. I learned my lesson with that one. Or, you know, there was a thing going on where you would download a, a file. It would be whatever rap song. And it would be like a guy talking like Bill Clinton about like, download yeah. this from da 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 Yes. You know, Yo, I, read, I did not have sexual I read a like, book you know, about that motherfucker. They were, they were like the pirates that were like jacking the CDs and like, it was a whole, it was yeah, a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it was a whole big, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I just remember every song I'm downloading. I'm like, what the fuck is Bill Clinton on this shit for, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that was good times. Okay. So we got a question. Uh, just quick because this is a great shit but other yeah. than hit him high what was your favorite track on the space jam soundtrack that's hard basketball jones with barry white and chris rock rest in peace to barry white mm. you know um and then uh, it's between that and buggin because buggin you know like bugs bunny is rapping on that shit come on man like that's ill <laughs> you know <Yeah>. what <laughs> no nah, that's amazing yeah. All right, so you you part of that whole we got access to the downloadables from the era because homeboy got the computer. Bro, I remember this shit. I was the guy who was buying the five dollar CDs of customs because I didn't have access yet. So like I remember that era <laughs> proper. Um, yes, sir. And so you were kind of getting. Were you like at that point like wanting to starting to get into rapping or anything, or was it? Yeah. And so were you like writing bars or how, how, tell us a bit about like that transition for you from like fandom into I'm gonna go do something with it. So it started with, let's see, like learning the lyrics of like my favorite songs. And that's how I kind of learned a little bit of like how to write a rap, if that makes any sense. 
You know what I mean? Like I would listen to like Tupac and be like, oh, that's where the rhyme ends. So like I'll stop writing where the rhyme ends and then I'll start writing my new line and end it where the rhyme is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I slowly kind of put it together from there. And then I would just like practice. And I had like this little tape recorder with a microphone. It's like my sister's toy. You know what I mean? And I would just like be like, okay, let me, let me hear how I sound rap. But I was like a little kid, you know? So I'm like, oh, I sound like a little girl and shit. You know, I'm like fucking 12 years old voice ain't deep yet and shit. Right. But then like when I, when I was like in the eighth grade, one of my friends was like, yo, you want to, you want to rap? You want to rhyme? Oh, we'll record at my house. I got this program. So just wrote a bunch of verses and you know, just recorded some shit and just got better and better and better basically. And then people at school found out, okay, yo, you rap. Oh, I'm going to battle you. And then people like, it, it got serious to like, oh, you rap. Yo, fuck you. I'm better than you. I'm going to beat you up and shit. Like, yo, what the hell? And then it would turn to like some real shit, like yo, rap. And then I'm going to fight you type of shit. Like what the hell kind of shit is this? But that's how, that's kind of how I got into it. You know what I mean? That is so different than my reality where nobody's ever threatened violence on me in relation to rapping. Yeah, man. Yo, like it was like the first, I remember like in high school, we were battling and like these guys got mad and then they, they like jumped my friend after and then they jumped me and they, yo, they joked me. They took my shit from me and like, I had to retaliate on that after, you know what I mean? Like I had to come back because that's what it was. And then if you didn't do that, like there's no social media and shit. And that happened in school, right? So people see that and whatever, whatever. Like, that's bullshit. That's little kid shit that I'm talking about. You right, know what right. I mean? But it, it happened, right? And that's that's how hip-hop was. Was You, you would just get G-checked all the time everywhere you went. Especially me as, you know, a little brown kid. I got glasses on. I'm fucking rhyming about Darth Vader and shit. You know, people are like, who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? And that, that happened a lot. So that's But it made me go harder in a lot of ways, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can imagine if people were jumping me because my rhymes weren't where they needed to be, I might attack back with better rhymes. As yeah. as I understand, that's uh, kind of how it was going down in New York. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, so you're doing that, and that sounds really more intense than I was expecting, but at the oh, same what? time... <laughs> oh, like, honestly, the number of people who... It's the truth. It's look, the here's truth, the thing. I can't say that I haven't talked to people who haven't got the shit kicked out of them for rapping. Not one of them mm -hmm. said it. Like, Word. it's like, I mean, I'm, I, I feel like people have alluded that shit like that goes yeah. on, but often people, I guess, don't get that direct with it. Like, maybe it isn't other people's experiences. I don't know. But like half the times, especially in the Canada side, it's like, bro, we were banging on the lunch tables, recording our little mixtapes. Mm -hmm. And we started performing at this and that's. And it's like, yeah, I'm Toronto, not... man. We thought we were New York in those days, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I remember like DMX got robbed down here. 50 got robbed down here. A lot of people were getting robbed up down here. There was a lot of dangerous spots, like in the early two thousands, like where I used to, go for like you know after my when my parents were at work or whatever i would go with my cousins you know what i mean like uh like babysitting for lack of a better word right you know what i mean in rexdale jane and finch area like there was a legit war going on like it was dangerous outside you know what i mean like there wasn't cameras people didn't have cell phones everywhere there was just police patrolling and certain i'm not saying it's like 
it was fucking crazy. Like you're going to get shot just walking down the street, but there was a lot of violence in those times and you had to know to be careful. And a lot of it, I can't lie, you know, it, it did circulate in the hip hop community and the reggae dance hall community. And, you know, there was a lot of shootings at Carabana and stuff. Like it was a, it's a pretty crazy place compared to a lot of the other places, like, you know, the history of it anyways, you know what I mean? So like you really were just like exposed to all of that. Because, I mean, we've had conversations yeah. where you're like, these motherfuckers just rap shit, but they don't know shit. And you're like, no, nah, I mean, true, I, yeah. I, I really be knowing <laughs> shit is what I'm hearing you say. Like, I've had to yeah. experience things in my life where when people talk about it in their bars, it doesn't feel like they know what they're really saying or the consequences of it. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you when you talk, it's it's the same thing with criti- how it goes to criticism, right? It's like, if you sound, if you seem to know what you're talking about you probably know what you're talking about. But if you come across like you, you're just spewing facts from a book and jargon and you're just buzzwords, then it's like, yo, you, this guy doesn't really know what he's talking about. You know what I mean? And is that how it comes off? Like when people be wildly dropping the gang shit and they like, haven't lived it. Like, like when a marketer just drops a bunch of buzzwords and that's an interesting parallel I've never connected before. Yeah, it's like, you know, when someone like someone comes out of a party, right? And they're like, yo, that shit was lit, man, you know? And then it's like, you see an advertisement and it's like, book with us, it's lit. It's like, it's not the same thing. You can tell it's it's disingenuine, you know? It's just using that to get to you. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's in, it's an inception, you know what I mean? That's, that's the that's conspiracy right there, you know what I mean? But it's real and mark, like marketing and shit, like they know it, right? And it's a label technique that a lot of that the underground has caught on to, but I don't think they understand that they know what they're doing. Bro, the underground you know? be wildly, and I, okay, I'm, a, I'm not going to complain about the underground a lot, but the underground be wildly like the most pop shit I ever done seen. Like I, like it's like they yeah. criticize pop stars for having checklists of things they do while following checklists to be yes. in a click. Like it is like. It is wild. I almost stopped reviewing indie rap albums. Like I, like a lot of like, I'm not saying locksmith, but a lot of the guys who want to be locksmith, like I can't touch it. Like they all literally rap about yeah. the same bullshit. Like almost exactly, almost the same exactly. jokes. It's like because they don't listen to each other, so they don't know that they're all writing yeah. the same fucking puns. <clears throat> you wouldn't go see Chris Rock if he told the same jokes as Dave Chappelle. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't go see Eddie Murphy. Like they wouldn't be legends and. As a caveat, I don't literally mean everyone. I mean, when you peruse the random realms of indie rap, you kind of don't. There's like a lack of self-awareness. Like in the in this purity of underground music being unsigned, being some kind of trophy and thus the signed people are evil or something. And it's just like there's a lot to criticize in a 360 deal. Mm -hmm. But, like, bro, you own the masters of nothing. Like, you own all the masters of $8. Congrats, my guy. Yeah, it's a big hubris. It's a very big hubris because of what it was. And it's evolved so much recently and become something else. And a lot of people still, they want to hold on to what it was. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Spinning it's, it's like, facts. That's all facts yeah, to me. Yeah. And it's like what I was saying about, okay, yeah, you know, I, I took my lumps in the past and I came up rough and whatever. But, like... I'm not going to expect that of the newer generation. I'm not going to expect that of people that came after me. I can't even expect that of my own peers because you know what? During that time, a lot of what I did, 
it's because I was hanging with older people and I was seeking shit out. And like, I may, you know, everybody makes their mistakes, but rarely did I run into other people like me. When we did, we either clicked up, we ended up bumping heads, but I don't, I don't expect that to be the culture anymore. Things move forward. You know what I mean? Also, it's like, I don't know how to explain this, but like, it's everybody that likes hip hop now. It's not a subculture. It's pop. It's like rock. Yeah. It's like what happened to rock and roll, basically. Facts. And so, like, when you have this, yo, hip-hop used to be cultural mentality, right? Frankly, if you're not even from New York, I don't even know what you're saying. You you inherited some shit that you imported. It's not hip-hop what you do. It's probably a thing that is similar. It's a cousin. That's a big conversation I'd be having with my New York's homies, though. So, like, don't think this is just me talking up my ass. um but like like i think what we do in montreal shouldn't even like we should just come up with a new word for it like like the all the cool places came up with new words for their subgenres, and like that actually helped differentiate it from it but like the number of people i see that are just grabbing classic samples throwing on a boom bap beep and trying to do impressions of new york flows is wild because yeah. the New York guys that have been there since 94 are still there rapping. You guys may not know that, but, like, they all still yeah. rap. And their, there, flow, man. It's, their it's, flows are pristine. You can't touch a dude who's, like, a method man, a red man. Uh, you know what I mean? Riz, even RZA dropped the album recently. You know what I mean? Havoc and Styles P dropped the album recently. Jadakiss been consistently dropping albums. Pretty sure even Sheik Looch has a mixtape that dropped recently. You know what I mean? There's there's so there's so but much. Also, they all got the, skin in the game, you know? Imagine all the underground. I've been learning about the underground in New York. <laughs> so you guys got yeah, to imagine. That's a whole other, yeah. So like there's thousands and thousands of NYC rappers busting out the NYC flow on top of all the rest of the world busting out that flow. It's, it's, it's just wild to me to watch it all yeah. play out. <clears throat> I'll have to say, so you start to like bust out your own music back in the day kind of with your boy and you guys are cruising around you're navigating Mm -hmm. the streets of toronto which arguably are hard even though like we think canada we think whatever but nah i've always like understood that like mississauga and shit might not be like go there by yourself places if you don't know where to go that's actually the reputation i got from it I don't know how true oh, that or founded it is that's my like i was basically like mississauga or scarborough maybe scarborough one of those say Summer. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Scarborough, Scarborough. Bro, like in my head, places, I you know? couldn't even tell you on a map where they are. I just know the names, and like people were like, "Bro, don't go there." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> I mean, my plans weren't really too, but word. Um, like, and then you watch all the like fucking um YouTube shit where it looks kind of like harsh in in like the current music scene and shit, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't really know Toronto's geography like that. Anytime I've been there, it's near Young Street, which I imagine is pretty fucking not yeah. that, you know. Um, it's like a tourist, it's like a tourist area, you know. Like, I've, I've been around, I've been all over, almost, you know, everywhere in the GTA, in the city, you know. So, you know, I'm the shadow man, you know. People might not have seen me, but I was there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So are you like as a teenager then like participating in shows or like getting involved in events or is it more of like um No. I had no idea how to even break into that, to be honest. I was just literally rapping, you know, on the block, 
on like the sidewalk where everybody smoked at high school walk up people are just rapping you know someone's playing a beat on like their phone speaker like their little motorola razor phone speaker or whatever sony ericsson is what i had back in the day days. yeah you know and yeah we just used to freestyle smoke weed you know it wasn't nothing serious but then i remember um what what ended up happening was i started taking film and in the film class, we had those old one piece like iMac computers. You know, they had like the transparent backing. It was like an egg. Yes. Sit, you know? Oh, like yeah. the so ones where they like yeah. heavy marketed with the colors and yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. 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 We're Zool- in Zoolander. The, they're trying to get the files out of the computer, trying to break open the computer, you know? <laughs> but um, yeah. So on that had GarageBand and I was like, Oh, let me see GarageBand. So I, I loaded up an instrumental. I was like, Oh, I can rap over this. I just used the mic straight out of the computer. And I recorded like a 15 track mixtape over a couple like mob deep beats, D block, Wu Tang beats. Right. And then my, my, I asked my teacher, could I do this at lunch? He's like, yeah, sure. Come in. You know what he, he, he actually ended up seeing what I did and he's told the music, department and they gave me an award for it <laughs> i was like what the fuck like i didn't even mean for that to happen i was just making it for my own purpose you know and Yo, hold on. can we shut out your school like yeah that's um that's some <laughs> ill school shit like how often do you hear yeah. like yo this the teacher intervened and actually did a dope ass thing that, that needs <laughs> yeah. to be rewarded you know yeah you know shout out to shout out to um to, to my teacher, Mr. Levy, you know what I mean? Like, um, he, he was a good, all things considered, he's kind of, kind of a weird dude. You know what I mean? I, I won't lie, but, he, <laughs> but you know, he's, he's a good dude. No, he's a good dude. He's a good dude, man. I had a couple good teachers in that school. I went to school at a place called Woodbridge college. I don't know if I should shout him out. Cause I don't know how, you know what I mean? There, there's a lot of drama there, but you know what though? Um, the, but I knew some good, but there were good people. It's there. more there that good this is some dope much, shit, you know? right? It's more yeah. this specific instance, right? Like I like to try to yeah. find and isolate, like I said, the knowledge nuggets of life. Like, yo, that's practical, actionable shit. If you take an interest in a young person as they're exploring their music and give them a space, they turn into yeah. a dude that's sitting here having an interview half a life later. So, well, here, here's where, okay, since you touched on that, I'll bring this up because I don't really talk about it too, too much because I don't, you know, whatever. I don't really, I don't really tell too much, but here's the exclusive, you know, um, when I, when that happened, right, I started trying, I started having a realization of maybe I am pretty good at this, right? And um, I showed like my friends, parents and stuff. And they were like, yo, this is sick. You should send it to like a record label. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was looking, swimming around for anything. Right. Um, but I didn't find it. So what I started doing was like gravitating into the arts in school because I noticed, okay, yo, if I'm good at film, if I'm good at art and I take art at it, in school, I'm going to get good grades. Right. So I took drama. And drama also facilitated the music shit. I ended up making another mixtape, getting another award, starring in like a bunch of drama plays, getting an award for being in the drama, like for best actor from York University. But then like, I was, I was also outside doing shit. You know, I was smoking a blunt, coming to school, stinking like weed. One time I was, I just came in, I smoked a blunt, came in, the principal tapped on my back. I'm on my locker. I turned around like, holy shit, I'm going to get fucking booked. She's like, oh, good job in the play last night. That was really good. I didn't expect that from you. I was like, what the fuck? You know, I was taken back because I'm like, yo, this bitch probably hates me. You know what I mean? But she was like, yo, I'm very impressed. Probably just because the way I dressed and carried myself and because, of, you know, hip hop or whatever. Maybe you but, just came in smoking a blunt. You know? And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and 
I mean, look, I'm not saying that every high school stoner is yeah. is that, but bro, we like most of the high school stoners be wildly not the easiest people to deal with if you're the school administration. Yeah. yeah. You know, but can we just pause yeah. a quick sec? You're saying that the guy gives you an award and this motivates you to start taking art classes to get dope grades because you're good at it. And that motivates you yeah. to get better grades and learn about a plethora of different art shits, which gets you involved in even bigger things like seeing how productions get put together. And all this experience gets unlocked all because you got an award. Yo, man, school should be really on Pretty that much, shit yeah. is all I'm saying. Like, that's actually like a fire. Because, yo, like, the things that mm-hmm. motivate us as teenagers high key is what motivates us as adults and gamification is like a huge thing in marketing right now and basically your school probably not even on purpose gamified your interest in what led to a university and what led to and what led to and that's fucking cool as fuck (laughs) but that's why they deserve the props because even if they blundered their way into it like that whole method like yo there maybe is an entire way of reshaping education around shit like that yeah man like i mean it, it's like i heard like there was um back in the day you know when uh in the middle east in the persian empire when they had universities before anybody knew what a university was they said something like you know we don't expect a fish to learn how to fly or a bird to learn how to swim you know like each each person needs to be needs to d- apply themselves to what what they're good at mm. you can't force if someone's a bird you can't for- force them to swim like a fish they're going to have to fly you can't you know what i mean so you you got to focus on on people's strengths and school though has become politicized like the, the, any system has become a game of numbers so doing the right thing really isn't in the interest of the people who are running it it's getting those numbers through right um, again, my, my teacher was just like, yo, this is cool, man. And he just told the music teacher. And again, like, yeah, it was a, stu- it was stumbling upon it. I wish that people that schools would take more interest in that, but even so, like, we didn't really have the gear or like the departments after that for me to pursue it, to get into, uh, like post-secondary education in film production, which is why I ended up in film theory. Right. That's a whole other story too, because when I went to university for that, or when I went to colleges, I went to college uh, and university. I was applying for three things. I was applying for music production, um, acting, and and film production. Uh, that that's what I was trying to get into, and um, all of them needed like a long resume of previous work. And for the film production, it needed like a couple projects, right? And at films, it, it, in our high school, we didn't have access to that. We had a couple digital cameras, you know, we made a couple little projects, but nothing that really that I had or that I could show and be proud of. It was yeah, just that's actually a fascinating effects, thing because, you know, that like hits kind of close to home for me, right? Because there's like a privilege that I know that word isn't popular, but there's a privilege that goes into a high school that has money versus a high school that don't have money. I yes. went to... Uh, the high English high school with the lowest tuition in Montreal, as in Word. $45 a year. By the time we it went down every year, too, right? Because the economic mm. status of the kids, like we had like a lunch, all of it. We had no music program, no extracurriculars. 
It was nothing. It was like sparse. We had great teachers. So all love to our mm -hmm. teachers because weirdly we had That's excellent good. educators. But there was like fucking nothing. You had no electives really. There were just two classes. You were either in sciences or you were not. And you were either <laughs> in the bilingual program or you were not. Poor. And that's it. And then there, you should find out that everyone else's high school is better and had cooler mm -hmm. shit. Like everyone else's high school was like got more things going. Everybody had our instruments. Everybody had a wig or instrument in their high school. Like yeah. it was fun. I was like, you guys had instruments? Like, <laughs> you know, like there's no band. There's none of these options. Yeah, so Lord. it's like to hear then that these university programs require these like resume shits, right? And mm -hmm. in order to get that, being at a school that has all this stuff linked up and all these extracurriculars and play, that's a wild thought. Because when you're a young one, if it's not even in your school, you might not even know it exists. Straight up, man. Straight up. And how would you know that you'd have to build that resume to get into those well, Especially back beforehand, then. Beforehand, right? You would have to, yeah, you because the internet wasn't like it was. You would literally have to go to the university and like find a guidance counselor and be like, okay, well, what do my grades have? To, how does my high school transcript have to be? But that's also oh why- like, God, they used to have like those after, academic people that would show yeah. up at your school and like literally break down all the shit we Google. Yeah, man. Yeah, straight up, yo. And I remember people who had to redo grade 12 again just because they didn't they didn't know that they needed these courses to get into these things or like they had to redo a course they already did but like at a higher level because over here we they used to call it college and university level courses so you either take math c or math u I, at least i think that's what it was called and um, a lot of people were like, okay, I'm just going to take math C. But then it's like, okay, for this course, oh, I hit everything else, but I needed that math U. So now it's like, oh, I got to go to for an, a, a semester now. I got to hold myself back, get that math U, and then apply again. But like for a guy, that's for something simple. For a guy like me that needs like all these credentials, I have to go to like four more years of high school. You know what I mean? To do it all over. But in that trajectory, of like, cause you, you like really got to know, you know what I mean? And this is coming from a dude who like, I was in drama for all four years in the second year. That's when I kind of knew, okay, let me try to be an actor. And um, like, it was just, it was so hard, dude. It was just the things you needed. And then especially like, you know, just being a colored individual and stuff there be like, it, it was it was extremely hard. It was extremely hard. That's all I could say about that. <laughs> so, like, and it's a weird, a, a weird troop of people. The actors, man. Not no disrespect, but they're they're a bunch. Well, all I can remember about the kid, because like, <laughs> I remember the actors. Like, we have Sejep, right? Because Quebec's Quebec, and Sejep is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know like, we that. don't have no grade twelve. That does. That's the first year of Sejep, and then we only have three yeah, years of right, university. And we get this amazing in-between that the whole world should steal from Quebec. It's the greatest invention, bro. It's like two years where you kind of get to coast a bit. And you got like a university kind of styled life. You can kind of fuck around and still get good grades so you're not punished. But you get mm -hmm. all the dope shit of university from like the partying side of it. But like the workload is is more like an in-between of high school and university. Like, bro, I would, like, study for the test before and pull, like, high marks type thing. I got to university, <laughs> though, and you get humbled, bro. You get... Yeah. <laughs> you get destroyed. Everybody tells you it's going to happen. You, but, like, yo, the in-between is, is ill because it's almost like a, a no-consequences version of university. And, like... That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
I don't even remember. Oh yeah, I don't even remember I went there. I got a little distracted with that. But um <laughs> Yeah, with the education. Oh, but yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Education and you know, prerequisites and blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah and, so like yeah. yeah. Yeah, just to get into like get into that, it's like I don't know, pretty simple, I guess. Like in Quebec, they kind of do that. Oh, it's just, I guess, to have the cultural middle ground of it all and to have that shit. And then acting, you said, oh, yeah, the actors. So I met the acting people there. Oh, my God. They were the orgy crowd. They were like the orgy (laughs) swinging crowd. Like that's all they did. I remember. It was worth going back to. It was that group of people I'd never met. And then people are like, yeah, we're swingers. And they'd like kiss like everybody in the group together. And you'd be like am I a prude? Like, yeah, they're, they're kind of like, they, they, they get, they like to get very personal and stuff. And like, I'm not a guy who likes that. So I kind of gravitated a little away from that a little bit. Cause the more deeper you go into that acting circle, uh, I again, guess I don't like, want to disrespect you nobody, but it's like, I guess it's, like, it's a lot of unique individuals in that circle. That's why Hollywood is the way it is too. You know what I mean? I guess uh, it's like a world where you have to like fake love. Like you don't have to fake love as a rapper yeah. the way that you have no, to you're right. fake love. Like you have to be able to like look at this chick, like she's the girl of your dreams, make out with oh, her and uh, shit, uh, yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. flick it off. Like that's got to lead to some weird shit in life. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I had to kiss a girl in front of my girlfriend at the time while my girlfriend was like sitting at the front of the stage. And my drama teacher was like, and I didn't kiss this girl. Like she played my wife. Right. And it's at the end of the play, I have to kiss her. And the teacher's like, yo, like we're, we were in a contest. So he's like, yo, if you want to, if you want to win the contest, you got to kiss this girl at the end for real. And I'm like, oh fuck. You know what I mean? I can't do this shit. And I had to kiss her. And this girl who I'm kissing, her father is over there. And my girlfriend is over there in the front row. And it's like on a fucking contest in front of like, a hundred people you know what i mean like that's some pressure man you know what i mean i won the award for that and the girl who played my wife won the actress award for that so it's well worth it but yo that's a serious serious thing man yo it's not a joke <laughs> yeah no i don't i don't know how like i don't know how i would really be in that moment i can fantasize all i want about like but yo to actually have my girlfriend sitting right there well i gotta go make out or imagine this the fake sex scenes right like not even just the- <laughs> Like, you're just, like, on top of this girl, yeah. fake pelvic thrusting. Like, your girl is just watching you fuck this next chick. And it's just yeah, for I the... Don't know. I don't know, man. Filming, <clears throat> filming those scenes, like, just logistically, it always makes me laugh. But it reminds me of the meme of, uh, you ever see the girl and she's in the sheets, the sheets are blowing. And then the other one is like, you, you know, every shot like this, there's a camera guy like this and he's just looking at the girl under the sheet. absolutely like, you know it bro. takes the ma- it takes the magic away from it's like so awkward i like, got it you know? have you ever watched because now porn behind the scenes are big so like <laughs> oh man yo i grew up okay i don't know if you guys had this channel we had a channel in ontario i don't i i don't even know i can't even assume but we had a channel in ontario in toronto called showcase oh as a kid oh yeah yo, Yo, you remember that shit? Yo, when you're a kid, you watch that, you're just like, holy shit. That's why, like, Red Shoe Diaries and all of that shit. Oh, my gosh. I used to get in trouble all the time. (laughs) Yeah. That was was where you would see that shit. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gosh. Yo, that, because there was no internet, right? The internet was dial-up and shit. So, bro, it would be like, because we had this shit on on Friday nights at midnight called Blunui. But when you said behind-the-scenes porn, it made me think of the show Seymour Butts. Mm. where it's like a family and they oh. own the company and it was like a behind the scenes of like him and his kids and he's going to the office right. and he's filming and i'm just like oh shit son. Oh, showcase so, like, was wild kid, you know? 
That was a wild network. But no, that's a, I don't know if I saw that one, to be honest, but fair. But that, that was a funny one, man. That was a funny one. That, that was hilarious. But it was interesting, too. You know what I'm saying? I always really dig the, like, behind-the-scenes look at it. Like, I think that's why The Office is appealing as a show, actually, mm -hmm. is because even though it's not really, it's still kind of like the behind-the-scenes of a documentary that gets made, yeah. even though you only see it at the end. Um, but, yeah, no. So you're, like, you go to university for acting or for so for film theory okay yeah and so the acting crowd you were involved with them beforehand or yeah because i was doing drama in high school and then after right. that i was trying to get into university for acting so i did a lot of auditions and just like a lot of kind of like being in that crowd right but then um when my applications were coming back the thing that i got accepted for was uh film theory at york university and so I was like, okay, this is the one I got accepted for. This is the one I'm, I'm going to. It was either that or, or Toronto Media and Film School that actually a friend of mine ended up going to uh, and getting a certificate there. It was a college, actually a private college. But unfortunately, it was a little too expensive at the time. Uh, it wasn't covered. Okay, so you what's know? the difference and, uh, between college and university in Ontario? Because it's probably not the same in all around the world. Uh, so... The difference here mainly is uh, I would say college is more, a lot more specialized to what you're doing. Like your classes aren't as broad. They're smaller classes and there's a lot more one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, it's, I wouldn't say like there's a lot less on you. Like it kind of, you know, if you want to go... Oh, specialize in something so you know it's what a I mean? trade school. yeah like a tra almost 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 like a trade school right but then there's like university where like you can kind of it, it's more up to you there's bigger classes there's the professors there who are actually working in their fields um who aren't teachers right like the, the professor for like my film class was actually filming a documentary at the time mm. type of deal uh you know what i mean like so it's a little bit different. I would say the university stuff, like, again, I don't want to seem like condescending, but it's a little bit more mature in a sense, whereas you kind of have to guide yourself through that experience. Whereas college is like, okay, you know what to do. You take these courses in high school. Okay, boom, we're going to college. Do it, get out, get the certificate and work in that field. University is more like you get a degree and it's like, okay, now how am I going to apply this degree to what I'm doing? You know what I mean? Or, Mm, that's a pretty interesting yeah. distinction. So it's not so much that it's that colleges are trades. That's schools. my experience. That's just my personal experience, how I would reflect on it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. more of a culture at, at the end of the day of how it manifests rather than being necessarily about the specific academic requirements to get a particular degree. I think, yeah, I think so. To be honest, like in, in high school, the way they put it was that the courses that were U, like university level, were harder than the ones that were C. And compared to like Mike, from my experience to some of my friends' experience, because I did end up going to like Humber College, um, you know, and, and checking, like hanging out with my buddies and stuff over there and just seeing the life over there. And it was, it was a little more like the classes were a little more high schoolish. Like they did have lectures every once in a while, but for me, it was like every class was a lecture. You know what I mean? And then we would have one class where, okay, they would break down the lecture. It was more like, 
it's hard to explain, to be honest. It feels like university more like theoretical thinky shit and college is yes. more practical yeah. dewy shit. Basically, yeah, basically, there you go. Bro, you I would have loved university. Go. I kind of wish I hadn't dropped out. I, in hindsight, not because of the degree. I don't give a f- that part is the least interest. Like, I wish I would have mm-hmm. dropped out in year three or some shit instead, not year like one. Because, oh, okay, okay. Oh my gosh, dude, some of that like philosophy shit sounds super dope, and there's not a lot of environments yeah, for man. it these days. Especially where you can get in a lecture hall with a thousand people and debate. Philosophy, or not not debate, but you know, just talk with a thousand people, all from you don't you don't know where where they're coming from, you know what I mean? And but the thing is, you have to be respectful to them too. You gotta know how to make your arguments and stuff, or else the whole lecture hall is gonna laugh at you. You know what I mean? The the professor will tell you, man, you're an idiot, get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. In college, they're not allowed to really treat you like that. Over here, like the onus is more on you. So like, if someone makes an argument in class, you can't like get mad at them. Like, you know what I mean? You can't, like, yell at them. The professor could be like, get the hell out of here. He's going to call security, mm. right? So, like, because I, I don't know. It's uh, that That's my experience anyways. That's how I took it. But the same ways as the same degenerates in university as there is in the colleges. I mean, that's fact. Same people craw- crawling around. Bro, in there's the degenerates and everywhere. And, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But shout out Lifter90 for saying college is more hands-on appreciate that and then there you go governor yeah. burrows like universities focus more on academic and professional programs colleges focus more on career training and trades there you go there you go exactly exactly that's fair i mean i'm sure i would big show to lifter if we could like make a bunch of french versions of that i'd be like oh okay i know exactly what the fuck you're talking about because like in Quebec, <laughs> half the shit is just like french but like yo the word college is just so the word college gets kind of associated with sage up here because it just feels lighter and college feels yeah, lighter. Yeah, yeah. But like, I know that's not what it is. Like, I just know. No, no, no. There's no, there's no, Um, it's not to say that, oh, college is like a lower than university. It's just what you want to do, right. what you gravitate to. You're going to go to either college or university. But um, the distinction, I think, between film college and film university is exactly like how you said is like it's more thinking than doing in university and it's more doing than thinking in college. So you would go to like college to learn how to be involved in production and you would go to university to learn to be a guy who writes media about media. Yeah. How to be like a critic or whatever. Like they still had production courses as well. But it was more about applying the production to like psychoanalytic theory and the human mind and how we experience. So the marketers would go to university while the like movie tech people yes. would go to college. And pretty much, yeah, pretty much. But you still had cameramen right, and stuff right. in college. A good friend of mine was uh, uh, graduated and he does camera work now as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you went through that experience then as you go through film pro- film theory. So you'd be yeah. studying, I guess, all the theory of film. I mean, it's pretty like one yeah, of those it, ones. It explains itself, actually, in the title. Yeah, yeah. It's like all different genres. It's like how to write. It's, it has to do a lot with the human mind and how we perceive reality because that's how we should be making our films and then experimental film, all different genres, and the history and, you know, all that kind of, all that boring stuff. Nah, it's pretty interesting. YouTubers <laughs> who talk about that should be making killings right now. That's the like yeah. video essay land. Um, so, yeah. so you graduate and you get your degree in film theory, and then what happens? 
So what I started doing was just making a whole bunch of random YouTube videos with a bunch of my friends, like in our basement and just like, you know, just screwing around. And what year is that? Putting, this is 2009. So you're like a early so like, ass YouTuber. Yeah, I wasn't really like a YouTuber. Like I would just randomly upload stuff. But here's the thing. I was like kind of involved in directing and creating it. But my friend who went to that college that I was talking about earlier, he was the one posting it on his channel. So he was, to give him the credit, Adam, AK, he's, he was an early YouTuber. But we were in that from, from early. In 2009 is when I started going to university. Right. Um, so we started making films because I was like, I'm behind. So we started making little films. And then slowly, though, it kind of, it fell off. And then after that is where the darker part of my life begins. And that's where it gets kind of serious. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah. I don't know what you want to divulge of the darker part of your life, but I guess what happens through that phase, like, are you still making music throughout all of this? Is this still like a focus at all? Yeah. So what, it, what happened, um, you know, life happens. I almost ended up dropping out of school in my th like third year. I almost ended up dropping out just, you know, shit was going on in my life. I decided to stay, which was a very good choice on my part. I'm happy I did. I got my degree, you know what I mean? I, f I felt accomplished. And after that, uh, I didn't really know what to do with myself, to be honest. I was kind of in a slump after I graduated. I was in a big slump. And then I had some medical issues happen to me. I dislocated my shoulder. I fell down on some ice, ripped the tendon out. I was start. I started going blind before that, and I had to get like a surgery. Um, I had LASIK eye surgery, and the LASIK eye surgery, some complication happened, and I started going blind in my left eye. And Hold then on. Uh, you're yeah, you're yeah. the zero point zero zero one percent of people where this yeah. shit goes wrong in LASIK, bro. Because yes, like I think about LASIK all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's a horror story, man. So that's <laughs> that's a whole saga in itself right is uh the the going blind i was i was actually like i had to go for this surgery thank god that i took the lifetime uh the lifetime warranty on your eyes if you do it take that lifetime warranty because if shit goes wrong the surgery was so expensive i wouldn't have been able to afford it and the doctor did say that if i didn't get this treatment the blindness would spread from my left eye into my right eye and i would be completely blind and you're telling this to someone who's 25 years old mind you so to lose your sight at that age is um pretty pretty heavy and there were other things going on in my life as well like extremely stressful things that i was going through at that point so i was just like i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do and i kind of gave up for a little bit i was i just had finished actually making three projects and this was right before instagram happened and spotify happened and DistroKid and distribution and soundcloud rapper so i had made three projects that were just like over like tight beats that i had bought leases from i didn't really know what i was doing i'm like you know what i'm gonna put it out i hope people listen to it i'm gonna put it on youtube Maybe I'll go perform it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to get heard. I'm trying to get seen, right? Uh, and then after I released those projects is when pretty much I, I got injured. I had like, I was still going through my eye thing. I dislocated my shoulder. I had a lot of different things happen in my life. I had a death in my family. Someone really close to me died. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I kind of like slumped away. I was working. Uh 
you know, just a job. I was just kind of just being a guy, you know, and I didn't really know where my life was going. Uh, and then when the pandemic happened, I got really, really fat as well. And then when the pandemic happened, I, I was kind of like, yo, this is either do or die at this point. You know, either I'm going to come out of this 50 pounds bigger, unable to reverse it uh. without a proper job, you know, unhappy doing a nine to five that's consuming all my time. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to enjoy myself. I'm not doing what I want to do. Da, 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 da. Mind you, in that time, I had done a lot of work behind the scenes with my other friends, Inc. and my other friend, Mike, shout out to them. And we founded two businesses, Knowledge, which is what I do my music through with Inc. and Absurd Visuals, which is what I do my videos through with my friend, Mike. And we started freelancing, shooting weddings and events and all that stuff. But at that time, my friend, Mike, was taking the reins of that and getting all the events. And I was just going with him going along. Okay. Yeah. You need a guy to film. Let's go make this money. I didn't really know what I, where I was going with this. You know what um, I mean? I'm lucky. I had the, to these two fair, friends that had a vision. We are look, If you have a vision, the people that don't necessarily know where they're going are the fucking godsends of life, to be honest with you. Cause people like, yes, sir. As much as like, it's weird to be in that phase. Like, yo, sometimes like if you just, because you know, you can't do anything alone so like if you are in that place to just go find somebody that is making moves and then they like latch onto them like yeah. i believe what you're saying is you got that proxy knowledge right like you watched all the moves being made and you had the exposure yeah. to the moves being made just by virtue of being part of somebody else's vision and then you're able to well like, I mean, it was like here we all had a vision and right. I was going forward with it. Right. And I was recording and I was okay. like, yeah, you know, I was going with it. And my friends there were like they had faith in me. They We all built something okay. around me and there was another artist. And it was like almost like we had a whole crew of people like doing stuff and whatever. Right. But at the time, like when I felt I, like I fell off and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of take. Right, take right, the back, right, okay. You know what I mean? Take the backstage, work on the camera stuff. Like, but I was lucky to have my friends, like how we were all going forward on that vision. Uh. They stayed the course. They stayed strong. They let me take that, take a step back. And they, you know what I mean? They were like, yo, you know what I mean? And then when it was time, like, you know what I'm saying? But like, yo, this whole story too is like, this is what my music is about is like this whole story I'm telling and like high school and all that stuff. That's what I write about in my music, you know? So if you want to know more about that, listen to my lyrics deeply because it is, and my projects are the movie are going to be the movie of this, you know, cause this was a very formative time again. And then again, when the pandemic hit, I was like, yo, you know what? It's time to go. There's no more. You can't sit around crying. You can't sit around. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It's like, you, you got to decide now. You know what I mean? The whole world is in a crisis pick yourself up. Right. You know what I mean, and at that time I started reading more, getting into stoicism. You know what I mean? Ryan holiday, Jocko. Bro, you got to break like down that. stoicism. You know I mean? like, I've like had one guy break it down, but I don't think a lot of people know what stoicism really is. It's hard. It's hard to break it down, man, without sounding kind of cold, to be honest, it's, it's, it's a form of detach. It's just being detached from things and kind of accepting reality for what it is. It's, you know, hoping for the best, expecting the worst and knowing that life is going to be somewhere in between uh, and being okay with that. You know, um, that that's, that's what it is to me. You know, there's a, there's a saying 
in stoicism the it's memento mori and it's like remember that you're gonna die so enjoy this moment you know there's a a book you know that everybody talks about marcus aurelius meditations where he literally says when you kiss your kids good night think in your mind this might be the last time that you kiss them while they're breathing tomorrow they might not be alive so enjoy that you know what i'm saying like appreciate it for what it is because tomorrow isn't guaranteed you could say oh it's a dark thought i don't want to think my, about my kids dying but nah, it's, in a, it's in you know you know what i mean it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> method of thinking of, of detachment all i can you know say is the last two months of my life have me thinking like that about everything I, yeah. the way the world is at, i can't go deep on the topic like i can't even mention the topic level but like what? with what's happening in the world right now like Yo, it's every day of my life. Like I have people that yeah. in my company that are there, and it's weird, right? To just like see, it. and then all of a sudden you're like looking at all the all the things in your world, and you're like, nah, maybe there's something to stoicism in that regard. I find that a lot of the practitioners are super like, well, I don't have to try, and that gets misinterpreted in the process, which is annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think your explanation is an interesting coping mechanism for the hard times that a lot of us have faced. And it's probably more practical to embrace the realities instead of fucking believing the delusions that so often the cultural norms push. Like people don't think about the word normal, right? Normal is really Mm -hmm. just enforcing middle-class historical norms and traditions. None of it's law and none of it's universal. So when you talk about common sense, you're really just talking about the traditions of your localized region and then immigration happened. So fuck your common sense. It's just not real no more because go look around your neighborhood. If it's anything like mine, it don't look like it did 20 years ago. Things have changed, man. The world, world changed. Bob Dylan said it a long time ago. You know what I mean? Mm. And that was that. And it's, and it's flipped even more since then and accelerated pace. You know, 50 years from now, who knows what the hell is going to be going on? That's going to be interesting to see. Right. Yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm kind of still waiting to see what the next big change in culture is going to be because we're, we're, we're due for it now. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, I think it's the death of celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really know what it's going to be, but it's coming. I think it's going to be know, like... It's, it's coming soon. Cause you know, it's not here of, yet. Because, like, who really want to be famous? Everybody act like they want to be famous until they get some fame and then nobody want to be famous. I think, like... And then you mix that with the metaverse and the way that's moving towards privatized. Like, think about it. Like, hidden bars and exclusive shit is hot right now. The kids are yeah. partying and you don't know where they're partying unless you know. Yeah. And then you're not telling mm-hmm. people. And it's, like, the opposite of what we did, which is, like, kind of so flagrantly putting everything on blast it's almost like the little ones not all of them but a lot of them get understood the assignment of discretion and i i see this like world of a lot of people making smaller money being a lot more sustainable in their world because i mean think about it although anybody under the age of 30 has got to be be like sustainability matters bitch i'm gonna be alive for that shit (laughs) (laughs) so like that's gotta like play into a lot so i Cause yo, like literally after this, we go into like a metaverse room to freestyle with mans in Florida, like me and next right. mans. Cause that's fucking crazy. Cause that's here. So I see like mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. that can, people don't know how much this is going to blend with real life. And it's going to be this strange hybrid. Cause yo, like even Twitch, like I don't even know where all these people are from, but I Word promise up. they're not Montreal. 
So my future, <laughs> not all of them, but like some of them might be. But like, here's the thing. That means my future, if I'm trying to cater to my audience and every creator, is going to now have to cater to local and international audiences simultaneously in a way that's never Straight been an up. expectation. Like people thought social media was it, but it's more this. Um, if you look at the future of social media in China, who has been ahead of the curve for a very long mm -hmm. time, WeChat is king. It's not Facebook. It's WeChat. Facebook's been jacking oh, WeChat for like a decade. It is jacked because China has no fucking laws like that. So they can just do what the fuck they want and steal our tech. So like when True. it comes to like AI shit, they like, uh, that's why TikTok's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's real good. But like you look at the culture there and it's like twelve hour live streams of sales. Like people will be like like you see like people mm -hmm. might be flipping shit on reels, not nah, be they'd be like twelve hour live streams flipping shit. So I feel like honestly Harry Mack, which isn't my favorite, and his live freestyling the word streams might be a lot more the future of things or the way the loopers and people on Twitch that interactiveness where you can replicate it so simply and go live. You know, like this is really, in a sense, for freestylers, it's good. But I feel like, yeah, yeah it's like... It's a new, a brand new space for the culture to evolve, which is very extremely interesting. But then you add I mean? in like 3D art. So like now movies can just be like you're in the Jurassic Park. Yeah, I mean, look at... Um... I, I don't even know what the game is, but I'm pretty sure it's on a, on a on PlayStation where you can literally draw, create the environment around you, and people are creating like some crazy shit. On that note, oh boom, I'm back. Yeah, yeah it's gonna, my bad, yo, my bad. The future is gonna be some fucking hybrid shit where a bunch of people are gonna be able to do some crazy shit that is gonna be some mix. Cause like the the thing is, it's already been like that. I don't think people know how big Second Life is. What what what's that? It's like a, a billion dollar company that was a bunch of people playing in private spaces as avatars <laughs> having a second life. So you would yeah. just go log in as your avatar and just go like fucking socialize and probably have a lot of cyber sex and other shit. Like I'm being real. Like I mean, you have these avatars and shit. It's like Habbo. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't aware. I was gonna say it's like Habbo Hotel. Yeah. Sounds so, like Habbo. So, so imagine Habbo Hotel, but like all those kids grew up. Yeah, that's that's uh that's kind of messed. But they grew up and they're still on the internet. Like, here's the thing: when you grow up, you should go outside. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. The, the world, re real life, is a very interesting place that doesn't get explored a lot. You know what I'm saying? You're right. <laughs> people are caught. Like, people get caught up in like a pseudo fantasy online where it's like they get stuck in their echo chamber. Like, it's like the same. And like, it's dangerous now. I think uh. because like. From when you're like not eight years old, nine years old, you have like an echo chamber now. All of your media is an echo chamber. You're not allowed to criticize people. We're not allowed to say like, you know, whatever, whatever. Like your opinion has to be safe now. So you grow up in an echo chamber. I have to dispute you, the weird, opinion you know I mean? has to be safe thing. I think we do grow up in echo chambers. That's actually a fucking interesting thought I haven't had. But the safe thing, Nabi, it's just delivery. Everybody wildly just ignores, like, the critical rules of delivery in public spaces. People be acting like Facebook and comment sections are, like, private parties where you can just spit your shit. But it's more like you're in a park in front of kids. So just deliver the yeah, message. No, well, yeah, anywhere you go, delivery delivery matters. Because, I mean, like, um, I, I don't catch bands and I don't get clipped and I say wild shit day in, day out. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I just put it the right way, though. Right. You know I mean? So it's not like, yeah, cause yeah. I think that there, but that's something that, like, I think is, like... But, not taught. You know, yeah. 
but even culturally but like culturally speaking like you can say a lot of dumb shit if you know how to communicate properly so what i think is happening is people people are not communicating very well because i'll watch these comment threads where the same people who are trapped and they they always say shit like you're a that's a big faux pas it's not a good one or all these people or they use these generalizations and yeah there's a lot of just things people say where they don't actually realize what they're saying so they're it, like yeah. super focused univer- yeah. on their point sorry, sorry, sorry. and like they just kind of they just kind of don't actually read the words that they're using and think about them yeah. uh, in the context of how they'll be received from an audience that isn't in their head. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're an audience that isn't them, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, and and to, to be honest, like a lot of people, they are who they hang with. You know what I mean? To a certain mm. extent, right? Echo and chamber so shit. It, yeah, like if you, if you talk to somebody with the same experience of you, a lot of my friends have been my friends for like 25 years since I was like five years old in school. A lot of them, like a good amount, like 12 of them, like a core group of us grew up together and stay in touch and stuff. But we, and we're all radically different people. If we hadn't been friends when we were younger, we arguably wouldn't be friends, but that has done so much for I think all of us, because we just tell each other if we think, you know, you're being a fucking idiot, like, you know what I mean? And that happens a lot, but people learn to understand it and are more understanding that way. And as a result, tend to be the more mature people in the crowd nine times out of 10. Mm. You know what I mean? Because they're used to being like, yo, other people have different opinions and I got to learn how to say things like you can't attack people. It's like that book, uh, how to win friends and, um, influence, and people. influence people, right? You could say anything you want. And I do say a lot of weird, wild stuff, but I put it in a way, but you might not catch a band and people might not be vocal, but a lot of people are watching and don't interact and they internalize what you'll say and that will play on a public level as well so it's like but i guess um, it's a game of chess you know what i mean my i don't think people get canceled over not being able to express it's not that i think it's no how. Yeah, yeah yeah no definitely 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 like definitely and, and but i also um i think for a lot of people free speech is a weird concept and all of a sudden, we don't have free speech. And that's a fact. You cannot just say what you want anymore because we all became content yeah. publishers, right? That, well, we never we never had free speech. No, that's even, an even Americans, though. Because you know I mean? that's the thing is Americans are yeah. now globalized and discovering for the first time in their life that they're the only country with this level of free speech. Like, we had hate speech yeah, laws level, and shits. Yeah, like, always. We've always... We could never do it, like, in a certain degree. Like, y'all may not know it, but there's literally laws for, like, a decade now... That if you make a terrorist joke in Canada, this is not a joke, government. It's um, education. Uh, yeah, you can go to jail. I grew. I grew up in that time. I grew up in that time where um, jail. They told us like, well, I, I remember when I was a little kid in elementary school. The thing in elementary school that everyone would say, "Oh, that's gay." No offense to anybody, but oh, yeah. that's gay. And the te- and the teachers were very hardcore about you don't say that. We can't say that anymore. Don't stop saying that word. And like you know they and. And eventually, none, no kids were saying that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, so there's that. Like, I arguably, that that's shit. not that's. You know what I mean? That's not free speech, arguably, because then you would have let the kid. You know, you know what I'm saying? But like, it, like you said, there's levels to free speech because, or it's misunderstood, you, right? It's because not a, like, it's not a free for all. You know what I mean? Like, We're, like there was never yeah. like freedom of consequence either, right? Like, free speech was more like the government can't put you in jail for shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like your what people don't 
this is where we get on a on a really crazy subject because it's a good one though. As yeah, as we advance as a civilization in the two in the two thousands now, you know, we're twenty years into this, and um, it seems that a lot of our history is being forgotten. Um, like I, I like I've spoken I've spoken to children that don't know what World War II is. I've spoken to people that won't teach their children about war. Um, I've I've know people who don't know um, about society or how humans made a society. Like what we have, our city is a, is a big working environment, like a jungle, and everybody plays their part. And that's what we, we kind of forgot. I think everybody thinks they're a superstar now or that everybody can do what they want because the government says that you're free. Now, freedom only exists because we're all working together. You know, we're working together and we made freedom happen. But there are rules to freedom, though, because if there's a free-for-all... There's no more freedom. Bro, let me now let me let me bring, cabins Can stuff. I like you know add to this like, a little bit? Because I'm reading this book right yeah. now. Hold up. It's called The Future of Capitalism: Facing the New Anxieties. <clears throat> so shut up, this Lord. dude. One of yeah, the things yeah, he said yeah. about freedom is is rights. Rights is basically what freedom gets tied to. Now, politically speaking, original rights were directly tied to uh, obligations. And then as the left and right did their shit, one side picked obligation and one side picked the other thing. But basically, uh, a political shift happened that rights and obligations stopped being the thing. There was just obligations because of wartime. And then after that, it was an issue. So then all of a sudden, oh, shit, humanitarianism, blah, blah, blah. Everybody has rights. But like the left kind of, and if you're being fair, is a bit silly in the fact that they never talk about obligations to these rights and hows they never bring it up <clears throat> none of these leftist young turks motherfuckers are really doing it they just kind of spit the exact parallel nonsense of the right but like it's more moral sounding and stuff so now you've got this world of moral righteousness that moral, sounds yes. super you religious hit the nail right on the head and it's hit the nail right on the but head. this is like you got to understand this is like literally politics like u.s politics which canadians whore over let's be real like <laughs> they think i i've seen people on from canada be like i know the fbi is watching me and it's like yo the fbi don't operate in canada g it's, it's CSIS. you don't even know about your own government g what are you talking about people are talking like american government is operating in our country well i mean like, the cia might you know like if you're interesting like they, they, they operate but they operate proxy with our government like yeah. they can't come in here and do shit to you like people think that oh okay i said something bad about trump online the american government's gonna assassinate me like yo dude i, I don't know nah, what kind of but what will what happen smoking, but, is CSIS <laughs> you know, has an it? algorithm that watches you more important than they are i think no but for know? real for real real there is algorithms yeah. that are watched and oh, are yeah. studied and if you do say enough shit you might actually have a government agent watch you on some real tips. Yeah, it's like it's like in school they had the list. You know, I was on that list. I had to speak to a guidance counselor. Just, but you know why? Because as a kid, again, I grew up with Terminator and all this shit. I love guns and action mm. and fighting yeah. and killing. They're like, "Yo, this kid is fucked. We're gonna put him on a list." And I had to talk to a guidance counselor. After a while, they didn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, mean? I get but that. It's just, it's it's like it's like that, but on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, what's happening now 
and I just think, I'm, to be fair, like, on the real, you might criticize it, but, like, a lot of this shit is because, like, terrorism is actually a thing and people actually have to have. It's safety. A, like, it's, it's like a real thing. Or, and then y'all yeah. might not like this next one, but everybody wants the government to deal with the, the mark CP, I think is the safe term to put it. The, mm. the child stuff in the world. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you deal with that if they can't spy on motherfuckers? Like, I mean that in a very pragmatic sense. Like, to a degree, like, that's why this shit exists. Trust, they don't give a fuck about your opinion on Trump or your little weed operation. I promise. No, exactly. <laughs> There's bigger fish to fry. And it's like, you ever watch the show The Wire? That's like the ultimate show to show you. You want to know why? Watch that show. If you really have a critical mind... You know what I mean? It goes through every facet of society from the streets all the way up, all the way to schools, all the way to the government, to why the fucking librarian oh, doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like it'll, it shows you why. And it is because it's a numbers game. Nobody really cares. We're just trying to move this thing that we built called civilization. Try to move it forward because, yo, like we haven't even been civilized like this for a hundred years yet. Rome lasted longer than America. I'm pretty sure before it fell you know what i'm saying so like there's a lot of comparisons to history people don't make that would put things in perspective and i think the perspective would be surprising to people you know and like i'm just i'm just a history i love history me you know? too like, you see i'm, I'm reading robert green and robert. all this shit like you know what i mean like it's fantastic and so i was like excited. i know you know because we we, we, Bro, we like, we've been talking about that um i i mean history is like mad important for me um, and it is important, yeah. Especially music history, because that's one of my, my grievances started. Like, people act like the things that they're mad at are new. Nabi, everything yeah. you're mad <laughs> yeah, at was nah. worse back in the day. <clears throat> there is not a universe where I could have said fucking smoked a joint and gotten ads prior to, like, recently, okay? Straight like, up. you guys don't know that. You guys think censorship exists not. You want to get paid back in the day? You either had to sell those tickets by yourself which was hard and most of us yeah. probably are trash at or suck the corpo dick, my guy, however that manifested. Yeah, man. Yo, did y'all know that the who, I think it is, um, was fed speed to appeal to the crowd because the crowd did speed. And it's literally the story of lean and shit going on back in the day. So like none of it's sense, fucking like, got, new. Y'all you know, know yeah. they did heroin and marijuana back in the day, right? Like y'all don't understand. Even Louis, one of them fucking old timey jazz people was doing heroin. So they all start doing heroin. So they all create what? these like, and it's like, yeah. how is it new today? That's the one part about everybody's criticisms that is like the most ignorant shit ever. It's like, dog, it's yeah. just like, it's what it is. They, they act like the Michelangelo wasn't two artists motherfucking yelling in the streets about whose street cred was better until one of them Straight got the up. contract. Like, what? That's it. Where do you see yeah. this world where you get to make the art you want to make and that compels anybody to give a shit? That's not how it ever happened. Ever. Never, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're right, man, man will an indie cool. rapper tell me that story about the good old days? <clears throat> nah, yeah. Straight up, man. Like, it's uh like you said from ancient rome man all the way all the way to now you know what i mean artists and people people do what the powers let them do 
and the people in power are the people who have been designing civilization. I read another book, you know, it's it's almost like a cliche, but think and grow rich. And it was written mm. around um, the people, the, the owner of uh, United Steel, Andrew Carnegie, JP Morgan, Charles M. Schwab, the guys who built America, Henry Ford, you know what I mean? Who are arguably, if you really want to, you know, get down to it, if you discuss it in rap circles, these guys are evil white guys. But yo, they built the society that we live in. You wouldn't have a car if these guys didn't exist. You wouldn't have no, it's such a twist. Have it's, our, it's, our, like it's so twisted. Our civilization. Bro. Like it's like we such a double-edged sword, right? Because they were yeah. evil motherfuckers. Were, yo, Henry Ford was a of a, a very uh, you know he was an anti-Semite. Yeah. He, he applauded the Nazis, and we still drive this motherfuckers' car. You know what I'm saying? It's facts. Like, and, but like when you really get into the Titans of Industry era of how they would like do everything evil. Like when I say evil, like <clears throat> they would lie, collude. They invented vertical integration to stifle yeah, competition. Man. Like it's all the vile shit that labor laws exist to not have happen is because of They're, these men well, then, that basically yeah, industrialized America. And it's that's the wild part, right? Because when you go look at if, what I was saying about China and social media, yeah. when you let the powers run free, it's like crazy progress. Like I remember having this conversation and the only good argument I have against immigration is based on these countries that have homogenized populations and singular goals. Because when, <laughs> when almost everybody's the same, you can, in fact, be like, yo, we're going to be the best at this and get everybody on board. When every neighborhood is super fucking mixed, like it's a lot harder to create a homogenized singular goal. Yeah. And you'll see that the more melting pot places goes, there's innovation at an individualistic or regional level, but not yeah. in a patriotic sense. Ain't nobody it's really repping the yeah. cultural flag enough to allow the same pace of, of progress. But back in the day, if you look at the great American blah, blah, blah points, yo, it's like America v. the world, bitch. And that ain't what it is no more. And it's, it's the like, same thing with any general. You go back to Napoleon. You go back to the Viet Cong. You go to any, any victorious general, even Hannibal when he was fighting the Romans, the only time he defeated them, it's because the resolve of the soldiers was so strong. They believed in the cause so much. It gave them like a, a, a more will to fight. If people don't care about what they're fighting for, then you're going to, they're easily defeated. You know what I'm saying? There's no, there's not a strong, they don't have a strong platform, right? Same thing with politics, same thing with like, Hip hop civiliza civilization with hip hop. Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, a, a part of our culture, which is born out of civilization, which is like, it's, it's just crazy. Like, you know what I mean? The way the whole, Bro, I love the fact works. that you focus on systems, you know? right? Cause yo, that's, so I had this idea, right? Um, a lot of my shit's always going to go back to the indie rap scene. Cause I'm an indie rapper. Hey, but like, um, a lot of us fuck up as in, as in like the collective sure, of us. Sure. So like, if you want to yeah. relate it to hockey, indie rappers be like, yo, what's up, Jabron, dropping by to say what up to my guy Spade. But like, indie rappers be like, like let's look at it all. Like, the whole indie rap scene is like the NHL now. All of us okay. be rappers. We are the players. Right? Now, we on teams, which is our labels and collectives. And then we're all collectively part of the league. And all we do is shit talk the league. So yeah. why the fuck is anybody going to care about our little leagues when all we do yeah. is shit talk the league? So it's like, I don't know, man. Like you look at the systems and you start to understand those roles you were describing. 
and you start to realize, man, everybody really, like, there's what, eight guys who are going to be the star star? Like eight, maybe, in your city? Like, think about it. Toronto's got, what, five guys that anybody cares about? I think Tory Lanez, Nav, maybe, fucking, like, The Weeknd, Drake, like, and that's, like, what? And then you go, you have to dig. Your city, wherever you're at, it's going to be like that, which means statistically and mathematically, the chances of any of us individually being that individual, however much we're supposed to believe in the fairy tale, it's like, bro, it's not us. No. I mean, here's the thing. What I believe is exactly what that book, Thinking Grow Rich, says. It's like, if you know it, if you believe it, and you go and you go fucking hard, harder than everyone else, but you can't give in to fantasies and this guy and that guy, just be you, do what you want to do, mind your goddamn business and get it done. Go hard. That's the one thing. And you know what? I'm sorry to say it, but a lot of people, a bunch of bitches, they ain't got no work ethic complaining about a lot of shit me 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 i deserve i deserve like yo i'm sorry but you don't deserve shit and you gotta work Mm. fucking hard everybody does you know what i mean even the people who don't it doesn't seem like they worked hard they did something to get there bro all i do is like people did something to get there you know what i'm saying or like you ever watch how much famous people travel if you've never traveled you don't know how hard that work is that shit's taxing the jet lag alone is fucking taxing man people don't understand you know we pay for people's time. This whole city is built because people are being paid for their time to tend to it. Nobody's doing this shit out the goodness of their heart. No one's a police officer for the goodness of their heart or a fireman for the goodness of their heart. Maybe in the fucking like, 1900s. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. obviously you have your reasons to want to, right. but if if you didn't have to work to make money- you I was just saying, because there are volunteer you know firefighters. That would be the only exception I can give. Is like, there really are just people who want to be firefighters for the fuck of it, but that's just nitpicking and it's just giving love to well, the volunteer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, much love to those guys. But yeah, like your greater point is, is still a fact. <clears throat> It's still fact, but there are very few people who do it for the love. And like, Facts. that's why like, it's good to highlight people, peace to everyone and much love to everyone who just, who does what they do because they love to do it. And that's mm. what they think that they offer the world, you know, because those are the people making the world a better place. I right? like that a lot. Yeah. I just think people wildly trying to do other people's missions, right? Like when you, I think to like paraphrase a bit what you were saying, like, how I perceive visualization is you're supposed to take yourself into honest account. So like, look, I'm five, seven and chunky. Like, come on. There's like, Oh fuck me. I'm out of water. (laughs) Is it got the (laughs) hydrate? Hold on. There's a dribble. I hydrated as much as I can in this moment. Um, (laughs) but like, like I'm five, seven, blabbly, blubly. Like I can't be a basketball player. I learned that lesson at 12 years old, but then they made it right after that, that you can't get cut from the teams proper which is an interesting thing because now a bunch of people maybe didn't learn the lesson that they can't be an athlete or whatever. But like, so I have to be like, yo, I'm five, seven, bro. I'm never going to be a professional athlete in most athleticisms. Just like, it's like, it's never going to happen. And then that pushed me into music at like young. And then I got more in touch with that. Trust short guys can rap. Rap is full of short guys. It's facts. Yo, too short, too short. Shout out to too short. It's almost we like about him earlier. it's rare when the guy's taller than you expect in rap. Everybody be fucking short, I find. Except for like the few guys that like Locksmith <laughs> who are super tall. Um, word, word. And then like, so you end up like, but you got to like know your lane. Like, look, I'm a weirdo. Yes. I don't even like partying. 
how could I really be that pop star guy? Like, I have to, like, suck it up and go to the show and fake it and shit. And I'm sure I could fake yeah. it, but then I'd get to that place and do drugs and shit because I was unhappy. Like, Yeah, that's so where it's it like, the self-destruction when you're not happy. You know I want to make my, like, 150000 a year off of creative endeavors and be cool enough to be knowing. You know, I was thinking about it. I want to be influential but not famous. Yeah, man. I mean, here's the thing. For me, I just want to do my art. Like, I have, like, I, I feel like I have a story that I want to tell and it's inside of me mm. and I got to put it out there. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to half ass it. I'm not a person that half asses shit. So I'm going to go for it. And like, yo, if I'm really good at this, like, I think I am, like, I've been being told, then maybe I can make a living off it. You know what I mean? And I just want to live comfortably. I'm not trying to be like a superstar or household name or whatever. I just want to do what I love doing, contribute to the world, what I think I have to give it and just be comfortable and not worried about a paycheck or whatever. Mm, you know what I mean? I would love to. I would like for this shit to pay for itself, actually. That would be a really happy, immediate goal. <laughs> like, just to I wish. break even. I would like to yeah. break even. <laughs> but yeah. I love that's it. the current goal. That's the current goal. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, like I love this. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I used to watch shit like Joe Rogan, and now my life is shit like Joe Rogan. Only it's more fun because I'm on the camera and I get to talk to interesting people. And like yeah, high key, like you were you were talking about the internet and going outside. Shit, going outside is not easy for everybody. When like you're kind of like me. And like people, like I, I had this distinct moment. I did a show on Saturday, right? Wrapped, like killed my set and shit. So that part is dope. But like in front of it before my set, man's is like freestyle and I'm trying to do my thing. He's like, bro, it's corny because it's not fun. Why are you so fucking uptight? Chill, have more fun. And like I, I get anxious and shit, you know? Like it's not fun for me like because you have to be fun. And so it's like, nah, like outside is weird sometimes. Sometimes it's like the internet creates this opportunity like this where you can get a vast array of experiences in controlled environments. And there's this yeah. other lane. Now, do I think this is real life? Fuck no. I'm, but if you're a young person and you can't make that distinction, I totally respect the danger and threat. But it's a lot easier to, to, to get a lot of the basic foundational social skills via the way the internet works like i wouldn't have if i hadn't got the shit kicked out of me in youtube comments i wouldn't i would come off a lot more like the white guy you were describing before <laughs> but i had to get the shit kicked out of me bro like they had to like bro it was a lot of shit like you it was like borderline getting thing, called racist but, but like <laughs> i didn't get punched in the face or some shit but it was like getting punched in the face a lot in the comments until they made YouTube comments sanitized. So, like, all of a sudden, none of the mean shit started coming through because they just stopped letting it come through. But it was, like... Yeah. I found a forum where people wish death upon us, and that was, like, a life-altering experience. Yeah, but here's the thing, though, is that on the internet, you don't have to see that guy every single day. That guy who said, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill facts. you isn't actually going to try and kill you. Well, he just you. wished you know death upon us, which was weirder. Yeah. But the, the sad thing that this connects to is, is bullying, right? And the only way to beat a bully is to stand up to the bully and to show them that they can't pick on you because bullies pick I'm on a, people who are weak. I'm going to be real, you though. Know, 
there, there's no way around they it. had really, no like, really, really legitimate arguments in fairness like i'm a white dude talking about hip-hop and shit on the internet arrogantly I got G checked more than it was bullying. It was like well, so, then, sometimes, well, the, sometimes it yeah. went way too far, for sure. But like, well, it, this is the thing though: is that in real life, you can get a sense of what you could say or see. Like, you know, when I when when my older cousins would bring me around with their friends, you know, I'm a very exuberant. I like to say and I like to offend people, but I knew when to keep my mouth shut because the air was there. Oh, bro, like, you I'm know still what I'm saying? It's, it's, that. <laughs> it's something. It's it's something in real life where like you you know. Like, no, you know I'm I mean? saying I I do not have is, that like judgment as but, good as other yeah. people, bro. Because like even wildly, there was like two three conversations upon reflection. I'm like, yo, why did I say that shit? I should have just. Well, shut you got to train it though. I know. You got to train it, but that's why it gets even, hard. Yeah. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I am a firm believer in the, majority the value of it. People don't know how to control it. I'll tell you that. So it makes it like, like I feel like a lot of us are ill-equipped for social graces. And like, now you're right. Yeah. Going into real life is mad important. Cause what I learned on the internet, talking to rappers and shit, trying to find homies is that everybody full of shit on the internet. When they talk about like what they like, that's what oh, yeah. everybody lies about. What you like to do. It's so weird. Everyone's honest about their opinions on shit, but ain't nobody really honest about who they are. So then you hang out in real life. You find out yeah. your entire relationships are parasocial. Y'all don't even fucking like each other and shit. And it's like really hard to connect with people on the internet. So like I've been doing a bunch of bullshit. I've been doing like a, a show with the homie in New York City, but really it wasn't real until I went to New York City and we could like we hung out for like yeah. six days intensive and we still cool. Yeah. Now we know yeah. we cool. Like we what can you say? Six days in a row, bro, with the girls around and shit and it's still dope. Okay. Now we sh now we now we playing for real, right? It wasn't like mm -hmm. before I was like fake shit, but cuz that's how the internet is. It's so detached. But yeah, man. But like you see that's the type of shit where like Let's say, okay, let's say I met someone on the internet and they told me, like, let's do business together and they ended up screwing me over, right? A person like my father's age would be like, yo, did you even meet the guy? Then why the fuck you doing business with him? Mm. I'm, the, I'm the type of guy that, like, if I'm going to do business with you, if it's going to be money, if we're not in another country or some shit... You know, like we got to meet. I want to, I want to get the vibe of you. That's the type of person I am. People will try and force you into, no, 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 it's okay. That's a fucking red flag. It's like, no, nah, man, I want to see you in person because like, I'm the type of dude, like I, I could, I look in people's eyes when I meet them and mm. I know who they are. There's not a lot of people like that anymore nah, that exist in the world. You know what I mean? I would it's, say it's a very rare thing. I would have to disagree with that. Um, to be honest, cause I meet a lot of them. Because I look people in the eyes a lot. And then as I started meeting a higher quality of people in my life, the frequency upon which that people, yo, like, I got to really watch my P's and Q's, bro. Because, man, people be, like, it telling is, yeah. all of my transparencies, bro. People be reading me like a motherfucker. Like, girls especially be hanging out with me, like, three times and figure out all my triggers. I'm like, what the fuck? Yo, people be wildly, like, astute. It's just that like, if you in degeneracy yeah. land, and I don't mean that in any cultural sense, it's just if you hang out with the types of people that would arguably be best qualified by that definition, chances are they don't give a shit about you. Another thing that we do as artists, if we want to go back to the indie art Nobody world. Nobody gives a shit about anybody. But you if know why? Blood. Bro, I had this epiphany like recent. Like this dude was telling me about a situation. Him and five boys 
made a collective that lasted eight years. He had my fucking attention, bro. He said they were the least productive people ever. They hung out drunk. They got drunk. They joked around, played video games, and in the last 20 minutes did some work. And it reminded me of the way Japanese folk do business where it's all fucking you hang out for a while and then you do business. And then I realized all of my relationships are so transactional. You're one of the actually only guys I really shot the shit with. And that whole, like, concert grind, like, man, I ain't talked to nobody. Word. But, like, you know, you read Robert Greene. That wasn't rap related. It was like, yo, bro, he's, he's a Robert Greene fan. I get it. Bro. It's done. Like, you just instant. Word, yeah. It's like when, when other people like the same band or some shit. You're like, okay. There's, yeah, you know, and then yeah. you shoot the shit a bit. You're like, oh, say a word. Your life is mad different. But we agree about a lot of shit, you know? And it's honestly – your music is i like it but like that's not I mean, even interesting to me as you as a human which makes you more <laughs> right like it's yeah. interesting but like there's people i know that they're just a dope rapper and they're not fucking people they're just a dope rapper yeah 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 and it yeah. is as diminishing Definitely. as i mean it i mean it's like a cool you're a dope rapper what the fuck value do you bring i know a mi- i know that's a lot thing. of dope yeah. rappers bro i know at least a thousand dope rappers right now yeah, it's like, what do you bring to the table? What makes you different? What or makes you more special? importantly, you know? if we hang out in a room, are you going to make me feel like a fucking weirdo for being a weirdo? That's actually where I'm at in life because I'm a fucking weirdo. Like, <laughs> I'm a weirdo too, though. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I look how I look, whatever, but man, yo, I enjoy what I enjoy. And like, I really don't give a fuck, to be honest. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people used to try and clown me about star wars or marvel oh you fucking this and that like yo dude like enough people caught us caught a slap too for that you know what i mean like yeah i'm not gonna and, slap and it's just anybody like, yo, i'm just gonna just like you, politely you know say I mean? fuck all and black value for my existence i'm petty like that <laughs> it's just but it's just like you know if people try to push you around and shit or if people try to be violent against you like yeah you know i could bully this guy because he's a weirdo and he, because he's a weirdo i'm just gonna assume he's like socially inept or whatever you mm. know what I mean? or that nah, you're a pushover nah. you, like you know i mean yeah you know what i mean people like whatever the hell they like i remember there was one guy who um an older dude some some guy on my work and he just enjoyed taking pictures of tr- of trains like i don't know why you know what i mean he just liked it you know and i was like oh yeah you, why and he's like i don't know I, I just like it i was like all right man cool you, you know more power to you fuck i don't know like you like that i don't like you i'm not gonna knock you for it i'm not gonna say oh yeah you like taking pictures of trains you're a fucking weirdo you know what i mean it's like nah man mm. like that i used to I be a, I'm not, like, yeah i used to be a lot you, more of the fucking <laughs> judgmental you know type saying? like i used to be like super judgmental like high key like i was not necessarily an admirable person until i got humbled in life but then I, I learned the biggest lesson and especially doing these interviews and talking to people of various pay grades we'll call it everybody's interesting like yeah, i know that's a weird a story man and the thing is is like everybody into some random shit and you know um, what it's the weirdest shit, but one of the best and most entertaining interviews came from one of the rappers who arguably I don't even really like his music. I'm not going to say his name. I don't like his music. I think his attitude is trash. He has done nothing for his hubris, but goddamn was his interview good on the fucking nothing he lived in life. He took what he had in life and had the most incredible shit to say about it. And I was so like, he's interesting, even if the rest of what I said is still true in my mind. And that's what's wild is that everybody – and, I mean, I just put no discrimination on who I interview. So I've talked to some wild people who maybe I should have thought that through a little bit more. 
But end of the True. day, everybody's got like a lesson. Like it's, I'm not at the same place in my career as most people I talk to either. They're way ahead or they're way behind. And it's very rare I even meet somebody in the same sphere of where I'm at when I do. Those are yeah. great. But like, mm-hmm. so it's like the fact is I either learn from the past. I learn from the future. Like I learn from this one. But like sometimes people who be wildly not successful be also doing the most fucking innovative weird shit that you're like yo i could take that and use that information and actually apply some wisdom behind that shit you know like so everybody's interesting and that guy with the trains man he probably has some social media hack because he does train shit who knows man that's a whole community that i don't even know it's like you know there's there's communities of people i used to go to the um like i'm a nerd right i go to the comic book shop you know what i mean Try, look for some graphic novels, whatever, you know what I mean? Go to a comic book shop. I see people uh, in the back playing cards, uh-huh. like people playing magic cards and Pokemon cards and shit. And they're playing all day. And there's like a big culture around that. And there's like tournaments and like, I'm not into that. You know what I mean? There you go. Boom. That's my weed That's filters. Not, like, <laughs> oh shit. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to, better not show that to the magic players. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody that caught that one obscure facebook post that was the one time i'm doing that on cam for a while <laughs> oh shit son <laughs> yo but yeah no man like you know i'm not into it whatever but i under i understand you know you like that whatever you like to do that that's a, a community i was actually it's ill bro you. it's like i played you magic know? i went to but friday so- night magic bro they got stats second you say you got stats, I'm already more interested than if you say you don't have stats. You have to register. So even if you go play on the weekend and shit, bro, you're clocking points, even if you're losing. Oh, shit. And then, it, like, there's a whole tournament system. Bro, like, there are yeah, guys. Like there's yeah. guys living, living good off of cards. And then when you, so, like, I'm not good at Third, it. Yeah. And if I'm not, okay, like, how do I put this? It's not cheap to be good at magic. You either have to no, be very no, good yeah. And therefore win every tournament, which I'm not, or rich enough to buy the decks. Because the reality is, man, it's like a meta game of... Anyway, y'all don't care that much. Magic's no, I mean, actually fucking dope. And the yeah. fact is, is everything's that... Bro, I'm like studying video game lore culture right now. And we're going to make Cyberpunk 2077 lore videos. And it's going to be like so left field. Nice. And then we might make like 10 racks a month in the future off of an investment today off of just video game lore banking because actually everything that made Fallout 4 content back in the day gets crazy views today. And people don't like watch these other like cultures. So like there's something in that train shit. Facts. Rappers could be learning from. Yeah, man. Gotta tap in like, you know what I mean? To those cultures like with me as well. It's like I'm not gonna hide who I am and a lot of people who like my music aren't people that are necessarily like me you know there's a lot of different ass people who are like yo your music's really dope i like you know some people are just like yo i listen to your music because i heard you reference uh some marvel shit a couple times yo i heard you reference like darth vader or some shit yo i like you know and they're like i like that you know so boom there you go you never know who you're gonna hit on right and those unique things about you those are the things that like speak and those will shine you know yeah I agree with that entirely, but I'm curious about your experience with Facebook contests, bro, because you got a playlist of fucking content, right? <laughs> and yeah. Okay, so here's how I met Spade. Y'all don't know this. Breaking Records shows up. 
classified enter the contest nobody thought twice let's be fucking real um everybody's in the contest i think you rank in the top 10 or you're one of the more noteworthy favorite golden boy ones of the no offense but i'm not a golden boy so let's be real you're a little salty for a second then i remembered no no it's because like i went into it and i didn't realize it's like bars bars i thought it was like okay like i do songs and then i realized i don't even do this why am i salty right like i actually then participated because i wanted to run contest and i felt like karma would be good but i had to get over myself bro i felt so proud of my verse and then y'all motherfuckers wrecked that shit and i had to go (laughs) cry in my little fucking corner being like not cool bro bill cf didn't even fucking like my shit oh shit yo okay i'm like the only guy that bill cf doesn't like that motherfucker's dope and shit and he has given me love but never on my music i'm like the only guy (laughs) whose music this dude doesn't like he liked everybody i watched him like everybody's post on every i'm like damn man that's rough (laughs) i have fans who sing my choruses and shit i don't know why that would bother me but like you know like so i went in the contest line and that happened but then i watched you do like this really successful run in contest line which is really yeah. interesting so i mean like it's so fascinating to me I, I like the whole culture of it like do you think this is a fun or great like do you enjoy it yeah man i honestly i just do it to like sharpen my skills and stuff i never really thought to i i did it not thinking about what I was doing. I'm like, you know what? I rap, but it's like, am I going to take forever to make an album or am I just going to fucking rap? Like people want to see me rap, right? It's like, yo, Spade, you rap, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, where are you rapping? Mm. Where's your posts of you rapping and shit? All right. You know, so all right, I see a contest, jump in the contest, spit some bars. People take notice. There was nobody liking my shit. Just a couple of my friends. Most of my friends, man, they don't even use Facebook, social media, Instagram, nothing. They don't use that shit. That's all people that are just on social media and shit who found my stuff. And so much salute to all those people. You know what I mean? Big, big respect. Um, I just figured, yo, this is a way to get my music out to more people and to fans. And also a way to network in the industry. I met you off this. I met a couple other producers that I ended up um, working with as well. You know what I mean? And other artists. Oh, and also just, on features and just shut up breaking records. Honestly, I was yeah, all Yeah, big up. salute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How just do we forget? Salute breaking records, man. Just because I'm trash at contest land over there doesn't mean anything in the bigger picture of what they bring to the table. No, man. They've been doing it up from time. I remember like, like the whole, all of them, all those guys. You know what I mean? Um, I remember them from a long time because that's when I was releasing my old albums. Like they knew me from then, like in person and stuff. They would see me like filming events at events with a camera and stuff, mm. not even rapping, just just there covering the event, doing my freelance thing, you know. Um, and then years later, you know, and and they even pe- them and other people in the scene were at where'd you go? You know what I mean? I had to show my face. I came back like Batman. You know what I mean? Like straight up. So you're saying um, it's like a proper launching pad move. Like if you need to come back in and maybe you got like, cause albums are going to take time. And if you're doing an album, right, it costs effort. And I don't want to call it money. It costs effort. However, that manifests. 
and then you want to roll it out right and you first and yeah. all of that shit but then you still have the mixtape side of the career which is a highly slept on part i went a different route than the contest i started making my little shitty songs right i figured it would accomplish the same goal as what you're doing mm. but like i don't think a lot of people know on that music history tip that all their favorite rappers have hundreds of shitty songs they've never heard that the whole streets got to hear like all of them pick your yeah, favorite man. rapper you just don't know hundreds it. why because that shit never made the internet somehow it was just on some like DJ drama mixtape that was selling in a clothing shop somewhere. You know what I mean? And only 400 copies ever got made and grandma sold all of them type thing. Like, yo, it's just legit. And nobody knows this because nobody really actually goes beyond Google, really, which is weird, oh. right? To say Google's not helpful, but the internet's kind of weird like that. So, like, it really was. It gives you the most popular. It gives you the most popular mainstream and surface level answer you'll get. If you want a little bit more than that, you're gonna have to dig in real life. Yeah, kind of. That's why, like, or know, at when least I went to those shops where I bought my clothes. I'm finding like CDs with like Ghostface verses I never heard and shit. Like, yo, what the fuck, you know? And it's a Wu Tang CD. It's just like here's the mixtape. Old Dirty Bastard came when he died. Rest in peace. There was like a whole all these mixtapes with like unreleased nobody heard this shit ever you know and to this day you can't even find that shit it's hard to find but like there is content just to be fair like shit ton of little interviewers all over the fucking world this isn't about me but like guys in la and shit like the big boy guy or like a few of these other things whatever i don't remember any of the names right now i'm fucking failing but there's all these interviewers or even breakfast club and shit where they really do talk to like all these OGs or there's drink champs and it's like drink champs, I think is a better example because you kind of got to be in the know to know that show. No, But my point is, you if know, you really want to know yeah, about yeah. music history, you're not, you have to go deeper. Like that's the bigger point. Yes. Yes. Like, yes that's the point. Exactly. Like I, I remember reading the Jeezy book, like G uh, no Gucci Mane's the, the biography and Gucci Mane in his biography said the best $6,500 he ever spent was uh killer mike and fucking um somebody else for their verses ti or somebody and and i'm like wait so even gucci had to buy verses and i was just like oh Everybody, yeah oh <laughs> now it's 2008 best investment he made i'm like oh oh shit um that's what Business, that's us then you realize everything everybody says to you is just because that's who you're around and you're like people man yo before there was the internet you would hear people say some fucking stupid shit man especially about like biggie and tupac and people would talk about them like they knew them you know what i mean and like other people who didn't know they would just listen like oh yeah wow like you know there was no way to verify that information <laughs> like you know what i mean I remember back in the day, there was like a VHS, some Suge Knight VHS. I just ended up watching with a friend and learning a whole bunch of shit that I never knew. But then it's all common. It's all common sense over the internet after, you know, like it, it was, it's different. It's different. Man, you know? you know what it is? I went through that with Pokemon. It's going to sound fucking random. But Pokemon Red and Blue and Gold and Silver, if you were part of that wave, bro, like, and you've had a cheat oh, yeah, code. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah. And you had, like. If you knew about the time change cheat code, bro, you didn't tell people how to do it. You just did it on their game and you were yeah, wonderful. Yeah, there was no way to, yeah. There was but no then way not everybody, and you had to like, like, it wasn't like it is now where it's like, even Pokemon's not the same no more. They, they never had my, like the kids today will never have my, I know it's the most old man and the corniest old man shit ever, but bro, you used to have to have the fucking game link shit. 
go to homeboy's house. I used to meet strangers. It's going to sound wild, but like my mom used to work at like this arena in the canteen. Okay. So we'd be like chilling in the arena, fucking bored, you know, I was playing Pokemon. Cause like, what else? Like, you know, skate, skating, whatever's happening. But then course, like yeah, other no kids pole. be there with Pokemon <laughs> and you'd be like, yo bro, what's your starter? Mm. And then you bust out the cable and now you're trading Pokemons with some fucking kids you just met. Mm-hmm. I know it's like what it is, but that's a crazy experience that can't get replicated because of the internet and shit. And it's just, yeah. even Pokemon Go tried to do it and it failed. It lasted like a month and a half and then it got corny. Yeah. Well, it fails again. Like the people, here's the thing. The people that are really, really into that are the, probably the people that are going to gravitate into those guys that uh, I was talking about. The people who are playing Pokemon cards on the weekend at that store mm. that like, you don't even know that's going on, but those people who really loved it, they fa- they found their way to that. Just like how, as a comic book fan, I found my way to all these comic stories. And when the movies came out, I was like, oh damn, that's like this story in the comic book. Let's, you know what I mean? Like, that's basically how, how I see it. It's the same thing with like music too. You see like rap and mainstream rap. And then if you see like, if you really like it, then you're going to dig into it and find like underground rap. Then you're going to find like the pioneers and the history and, only if you really like it though you know what i'm saying like if you're not if you're just in it just uh on the surface level you'll enjoy it you just might not know too much about it you know or as much I should but it's say. different as right much. like like matt lifter was just saying kids won't know the feeling of couch gaming with friends like that's a fact Ooh. Like, it's Yo. never going to happen. The Switch is going to do it, but then it's, like, the Ouch. Switch, right? Like, it's just, it's not, you know, playing, like, Mario Party with your mom is not the experience that we used to have at birthday parties. Two TVs in the basement, two yeah. Xboxes, that motherfucking cable, Halo, split screen set up in a way where you can't see the other team's screen. Bro, that's an vibe. Eight sweaty-ass teenage boys, <laughs> pizza. <laughs> Fuck, Yo. you can't have that shit yeah. no more. no. That's, and, but again, it brings it back to like real life being there. That human, because we're we're animals, man. We we interact with the physical world. We we have instincts that we feed off one another. When you're in a room with somebody, you 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 feel that instinct. You you know you don't get that on the internet. Mm. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Com- especially with competitive stuff like gaming or like playing a game of chess. It's different playing someone on the internet than playing a game with someone in Facts, eh? like i imagine poker is like that because online poker is going to be a stat and probability game i played poker in real life one time it was embarrassingly bad i got murked yo because these guys know how to play (laughs) poker and i don't know anything about poker and i'm like a they ate me bro i got i got i lost so fast bro you're just your selfish i left my self-esteem was in the toilet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely a novice but like i know my way around like but i like when i learned when i saw it i had i observed it i was like oh this is how it is this is like the game <laughs> yeah everything's the game man everything is the game one way or, or, or another everything is the game facts everything. and it's it's scary though it's scary you know that you can't turn it off but what if you what if you're always what if you operate knowing it all the time that gives you some crazy power i've only been experiencing that honestly for like the last three years yeah it's a wild ride i kind of understand that i mean i started to tap into it at a certain point honestly though 
it got focused with 48 laws of power i'm not gonna lie that because that's, that's exactly what it was man it I, opened my I, eyes up to because here's shit. the thing I, I, I look the book is what it is people never read yeah. the first chapter for some reason where it's like listen my guy some of y'all are naive as fuck Honestly, it's the Never same thing. The master. No, even before that, it's the chapter before that chapter. It's like nobody oh, reads. Nobody preface. reads the preface where it contextualizes the point of this book and who it's yes. for and why it exists. Yes. And yeah, then exactly. it's like fucking English professors talk shit, and nobody acknowledges the preface. I read Machiavelli's like guide to being a sociopath. Right, and right. I read Machiavelli's The Prince, and it's the same shit. He's like, yeah. dear prince, you're a naive idiot. If you want to not get eaten alive by the wolves, allow me to explain the politics of power to you. He didn't know that philosophy teachers and shit were going to be reading this. It's like motherfuckers who quote the vi- the Bible verbatim and contextualize it to now. It's like Nabi. But the other thing is, is I'm naive like that. So I read 48 uh-huh. Laws of Power and all of a sudden I understood why I was doing bad culturally at work. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. That's a big, big part of it. And I think people think 48 Laws of Power is supposed to be an offensive book, but it's really a defensive book? Yes. Artist Seduction's creepy. It's an offensive book. And yo, it was equally as effective. My entire brand got sexier in a sense. Like, I added sex into my brand after reading that book. And it's fucking <laughs> like, if you. Hell yeah. It's like borderline a pickup artist book, but it's really about marketing. Yeah, it's a it's about manipulation, is what it really is. Marketing manipulation. It's about <laughs> very subtle, yeah, very subtle manipulation, and it was like uh, it, it taught me what a it, dandy it was. It taught me I'm a dandy, <laughs> and that's why I started wearing brighter colors. I'm playing with the long, you know, like ah. Uh, so now you're playing it up. Now you're absolutely, playing, you know, I, I cranked playing, that shit to the max. Strengths. Cranked it yes, up, yes, exactly. And it's like it's exactly. wild shit. It's like, but yeah, it changed a lot because. I was a lot more naive and then I started seeing and I figured I that's why I started reading all these books because I'm like you can't argue with a book. I don't think people especially know that. Especially if it's based off history. No, especially I mean especially if it's based off accurate historical findings from the beginning of human civilization until now with examples like very very poignant examples like the most in history like you know you know what i'm talking about i mean i would say you can what i meant is more you literally can't argue with a book i could cut you off and argue with you all day long maybe i'm not listening no you have no choice it's a fucking book you just process the fucking information audiobooks too you can't argue with it you literally have to listen to the shit and consider it and then formulate your opinion based on yeah and that shit changed my brain i don't know how else to put it i was i'm calmer okay i'm less angry like i don't know how it's one thing i did different because i feel like people don't train their mind they just train their body yeah 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 it's it's that's a big thing i as as a reader for a long time like from a young kid i always loved to read you think differently than other people you process the world differently and a lot of my friends are like that too where you know uh, they take a while. They'll take a while to respond to something, uh-huh. and it might come off like they're being rude sometimes. Let's say, for example, like for a small example, like let's say you tell somebody something and they they think about it for a while before they respond. You know, like there's a difference between someone like that and then someone who's just ready to attack. Uh-huh. They always have a loaded a loaded response, which is kind of suspicious because it's like, why are you thinking that you're going to be attacked? You know what I mean? But I find that. 
a lot of people operate that way to like justify themselves. And it's like, yo, you, you, you don't got to justify who you are, man. It's okay. I have an answer to that. If you wanted a sincere answer, it's what it's, yeah. it's self-esteem. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's what, that's exactly what it is, you know, but people got to know it's okay. You can't harp on people, but the world is a, is a meat grinder, dude. What are you going to do? You got to adapt somehow. You got to learn, right? Like sometimes I think people have low self-esteem, but aren't really aware of it like how to how to diagnose it in a sense so they're not yeah, like a, yeah, they're not yeah. cognizant of it like they have arrogance and they believe that's but, confidence yeah i here's the thing is that starts at home that really does start at home with the parents and the family and all that because whose job is it to raise a human being as the parents it's not society's job it's not someone else's job it's it's whoever spit that baby out that's whose responsibility it is to make sure that person, when they, when that baby turns 18, it's not a burden to society mm. because that's going to fuck our civilization up. We're not here to take care of people. We're here to add to what's already been built. I feel but like I think people, you know what I mean? It's people like a shared like, responsibility though. Like his history, nah, history, not at all. look, look at other cultures though. There are a lot of examples of communal shared efforts now i think ethics and morals are probably at home and shit but like that's basic that's some basic survival shit like, like not, i think like, like your your you know mom I mean? should be teaching you how to read a fucking watch and how to read but like the school should probably cover science yeah no no no, no. i mean in the sense of like self-esteem problems happen when you're too young to even be in control of that okay you know what i mean it's psychological on another level right, that I, i'm not saying. an expert in you know what I mean? But it starts at home. It's like even before it's like three years old to one years old. You know what I mean? Like on some Freudian shit, right. with your parents, that that's where that starts. And I can't even touch on that. You know what I mean? That's no, that, I hear what that is saying. what it is. All I'm you saying know, what is, can you do? well, that's the thing is, is I think a lot of people be suffering from self-esteem issues. Like think about the mismanagement of expectation of entirely being a millennial right now. Like you literally feel invalidated because you're not a homeowner, but Gen X, sorry, the baby boomers never sold their houses because they live too long. This is a real thing. Mm -hmm. You can actually fact yeah, check yeah. it on Google, but I can't quote where I learned it. So the, Yo, I live it. I live it. So, so what <laughs> happened was is Gen X has now officially lived or sorry, the baby boomers has now officially lived a whole generation longer than they were supposed to. So they never sold their houses to Gen X because Gen X was like, yo, I'm going to inherit that house. And that broke the entire real estate cycle of fucking affordability and has created this you can all blame uh all the uh, things like airbnb and foreign investors but it's it's a lot to just do with the fact that these old people still own their houses and they still allowed to like the cycle of generational life is is literally 25 years longer than it was when the retire the retirement age is 62 because people died at 57 on average and now people be living to their 70s and that's in a 25 30 year period of difference when i was a kid and there was like a cartoon and you saw like an old man the old man was like 50 60 years yeah old. Eh? now now that 50 60 year old man oh, he's is so young Mike, is Mike when he Tyson. passed like you, you know what i'm saying like <laughs> they literally say yeah. that he's so young when he passed i'm like that's wild yeah. and then it, apparently like there were old people back in the day so we were always able to live to that age but we did just got better at keeping ourselves alive as a collective here's the thing though because i learned okay the other day i was just watching some random shit about some dude oh i fucked up i didn't put your links <laughs> never mind i'm gonna get that's <laughs> no, yeah. good but I'll, no I'll, keep going I'll elaborate on this uh story here well this guy 
back in the day in like medieval times, he got shot in his face with an arrow. Arrow was like six inches in his face, but a doctor did surgery on him and removed the arrow. This is like in the 15, 12 or 1500, something like that. I forget exactly who it was. It was some was a prince. But the, the, the point of the story, if that dude wasn't a prince, he's not living. The fact that he lived to an old age was because of the wealth that he had. You know what I mean? Of the sterile life that he lived. Because like a peasant back in those days, if you if you take a shit and it goes sideways, you're dead in a week. Facts. <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? Or, or look at it differently. You guys ever watch the Viking shows all over Netflix, bro? Your yes. village, you could be sitting there, just chilling there, farming. <laughs> Ragnar Lothbrook, you know what I'm saying? Just you're dead. Like you don't think about it because the protagonists are the raping and pillagers. But what if you're the <laughs> raped and pillaged? Like people, yeah, that's why, what it is, man. bro? I don't know how understand. anybody wants to go back to the past, like, or like go back to the In fucking the days, like the fifties, bro. The fifties look trash unless you were really rich and white. It looks really trash, bro. Yeah, you're coughing you all the time. Everybody's smoking cigarettes all the day long. You know, it's not. It's not the best era. It's just got man, good fashion. It does Watching have good back fashion. Back to the future and shit. Oh, I want to go back to the '80s. And then my dad would tell me, "Man, in the '80s, you know, these white guys would always try to beat up, beat us up, and stuff." You know what I mean? It was racist back in the '80s. You don't want to go in the '80s, like you know. What I mean? Oh like, my gosh! So, like, so my dad, you know? my dad, dead ass, just on the opposite tip, bro. In the '70s, girls never made you wear a condom. You could bust where you wanted all the time. Yo, yo, yo! <laughs> I was like, I don't even, I don't even want to. I was like, what? I don't know if that's good or bad, but like. The rest of the 70s sound shit. But you said that. It reminded me of that. Um, <laughs> just how it came out. But that's a real conversation I have with my dad. And I don't know. But, and then his his boy was there. And they were reminiscing together, bro. <laughs> oh, I remember the old bareback days. Uh. <laughs> like, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know, man. The 70s sounded wild. I don't know how good or bad it was. It was probably oh, even fuck. more racist if you were not a white dude. But... Apparently, it yeah. was a lot of bareback, if you were. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, there you go, man. A lot of people probably exist because of that now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. do, do you have an album coming soon? You said you were working on something, but do you have like one, like an estimate, or is it under development? Yes. So hopefully, I don't have a drop date yet, but I've been working on a project. It's the first installment of three. Uh. Um. So it's called Last of a Dying Breed Volume 1. I'm hoping to drop it before or during the summer. All right. It's going to be seven tracks. I'm, pro I'm a producer on there. I got a couple other dudes producing on there as well. You know what I mean? I want to keep, keep it kind of under wraps for now, but I got a single dropping actually soon as well. Um, just waiting to get everything kind of finalized. But uh, this month... Definitely look out for another single from me. That one's produced by Scythe. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Scythe, but um, he's a producer out of Vancouver, mm. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Shit, I don't know anything about that. the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, I, I got shit cooking up, man. A lot, of, a lot of stuff in the works. It's just about uh, rolling it out now. Now's the time to decide about the roll-up, and then, yo, a lot of content gonna see a lot of content coming out man i got a lot of tunes coming out a lot of good shit um are your projects conceptually tied 
Yeah, it's well, like I said, it's a, it's my story. It's a story that I have to tell. So the first one is basically is the first act. Second one is the second act. And uh. it's not like it's not like I'm telling you like it's it's a poem. Right. So these songs are the stories. You got to listen to them, dissect them. It's I'm not what I'm saying at face value. That's not what it is. There's a whole there's a whole story. So if you listen to the whole project, combine it with the person that you see online and the personality that you see and then dig into it a little bit. You might find where I stand on a couple things. You know what I mean? That's some lore shit right there. This guy clearly understands some marketing. And it's more than promo, yes, baby. Yes, um, I would love to keep this going, but I actually have to go fucking freestyle in virtual reality land in 30 minutes. So Yeah, man. Um, We've been going. We've been going. Nah, for so, real. You know, if I, mean, I didn't have to do yeah. this, I would have just let it keep going, bro. Like, I really, like, I'm just trying to be, like, whatever. I would love to set up some shit and talk more with you, see what we can figure out, because you are super interesting. And more importantly, well-grounded dude, man. Like, Thank you, man. Respect. In this game of music, I find it super hard to find people that are both passionate about the art, but also level-headed enough to understand the difference between rapping for rappers and rapping for fans. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And those are like, it's just what it is. I could go on for like a hundred years on that topic, but like marketing be a wild thing. It's really about communicating to the people that your audience is and your audience isn't you. They're the people that want to be you. And that's a big lesson. So it's like you're not supposed to be rapping to yourself. You're supposed to be rapping to your past. I don't know if like a young you or something. So like every song I write now, it's to my past. And then it's just dope. Anyway, your shit's fire, everybody. Like He's really got like a super technical, well-thought-out, bars-driven shit. Like you really actually do hear stories of his life and shit. Like and if you listen, there's some interesting little personal snippets like – I forgot mm-hmm. what it is, but if you watch the VOD, I ask a question I'm supposed to remember to ask you, but I forgot what it was. But it was based on one of your bars where I'm oh, like, word. say a word. Like, I'm curious if that really happened because he said it. And it was some like a obtusely specific thing, you know? Like, all right, all right. So it's like, I don't remember what it is, but like, when I will, I'll ask you later. But like, okay, 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 okay. But like, the fact is, like, that you have these little things tucked in is cool. And so y'all should go mm-hmm. peep that shit and like, Mm-hmm. he's got that old school flow is what it is he'd be fucking rapping rapping but he's saying shit so it's dope um links in descriptions and all that good shit it's spade the shadow on instagram for you audio only kids out there which there's a few of you um but yeah i appreciate you a lot coming through this is a wonderful conversation i feel like again it was super enlightening i didn't even know what to expect man and then it was just fucking fire uh-huh and uh same ways man much respects for having me on man and everybody who tuned in to big big respect hope you enjoyed the talks yeah they're still with us we're at 10 bro we did get rated but like that could have dipped and it didn't really dip bro like motherfuckers stuck through this and so i appreciate y'all for real for like actually sticking with the conversation like it's a yeah, combination word. of multiple audiences in here tonight so it's like i know it's not a huge number nice. but for my heart it's like wow this is really a cool turnout so to speak um yeah man salute all them i know the mandem are up in here somewhere so you yeah, guys know tur- turbo minator turn fuck me turbinator i'm saying it terrible i'm sorry my dude tur- tur- uh turbinator no turbinator that's it right there just said sub um, we still in it like people be like writing i mean so i appreciate y'all for real like 
heart and soul out to you guys. Uh, anybody watching in the future, if you got this far in the video, you a fucking MVP, bro. Like, envy fucking big, big Or sis, salute. but YouTube stats say you're most likely a dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, appreciate everybody out here. I'm going to start the raid. Um, yeah, do you have anything, like, quick you want to, like, throw in as a last words? Um, yo, big respect, everybody who's watching. Big respect to you, Holden, for having me on, right? Hit me up anytime. And, yo, spadetheshadow.com. Check it out. Mm. Check out the merch. I got shirts. I got hoodies. You know what I mean? Soon going to have some physical stuff up there. Canvas prints, all kind of all kind of dope stuff. So go check it out. And like he said, Spade the Shadow on, like, any platform. Just Google Spade the Shadow. Fact. I'm a pop up. Awesome. You know? So yo. that's 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 what I got. Appreciate yeah. you again, yo. And live long and prosper, everybody. Yeah. Peace out. <laughs>